a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Well, maybe it was just on the internet. Hey, what do I know? I'm just the voiceover dude. Anyway, three people decide to be a bright, brand new original idea to get together on the internet and talk about all sorts of things. Everything was fair game. Things like video games. All your base are belong to us. Comics. I'm Batman. TV shows. I'll be in my bunk. Movies. Time to nut up or shut up. All we cared about was having a good, long, nerdy conversation. So have a seat, kick your feet up, and relax with our hosts, the Atahan. It's, it's always fun to beat up hookers with a giant purple dildo. Naki. Um, I say dicks a lot. Dicks, 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 dicks. Chris. I love how we keep talking about penises today. (laughs) (laughs) And don't forget our weekly special guest host. Now let's get ready to talk about all things good and nerdy. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode, I believe this is 40 of all things good and nerdy, recorded live on Sunday, January 20th, 2013. As you can tell, we have two guest hosts this week, hence the name of the show being Ryan Squared, as we have two Ryans. You're familiar with one, our returning tabletop champion, Ryan. Oh, how are we going to distinguish you guys? Now we're fucked. I'm just, I'm just Bravo. <laughs> I was going to say, works. he's Bravo. Or Bravzy. That works. That's so, not- welcome back to uh, our tabletop champion, Ryan. Awkward silence. You're on mute. I was going to say, you're muted. Myself. Oh, I muted myself. I'm back. Okay. Hi, guys. <laughs> Noob. I was trying to just trying to do the right thing because I'm also typing. <laughs> Damn you, right thing. Uh, joining us today for the first time, we also have Bravo. So why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself and shamelessly self-promote if you so wish. Uh, I don't have anything to self-promote. Oh, well, fuck. But I met Naki through volunteering at C2E2. Yay! And also where I met Ryan Numnums. Shoot for yourself, Ryan. You're not muted. You are muted. I am. I am muted. I, uh, <laughs> uh, I really, there, that, I was muted, but I was also had a, a moment of being mortified. Now the internet knows of my uh, C2E, C2E2 nickname. Oh. I've called you Num Nums on the show before. Yeah, she has. Oh. Maybe it's, not, <laughs> it's not like there hasn't been worse said on this show. I mean, we did talk about your grocery store shopping habits <laughs> and your lack of pants. <coughs> this is a true. It's a trouser-free zone, whatever. Um, and for those of you guys watching for the first time, I'm Chris, and joining me are the other two regular guest hosts. We got Naki. Hi. And we have the Atahe. So it was all day. Okay, that's out of context. That's a one fifty-nine. <laughs> Thank you for starting this day off great for me. I do what I can. Oh. And so I guess your new man crush is on Psy and The Rock, then? No, not really. Okay, I was going to say, because there could be some really creepy Slash fanfic that could be written about that. Oh, man. Now I just have a total... Nope, I don't want to imagine this. I don't want to imagine this. Why is this happening in my head? Hang on. Okay, just Hang imagine on. it. Hang on. Hang on. I just had an idea, and I'm hoping that I can take some of your guys' uh, some, of, some of ATGN's magic and actually make this happen. Coming this summer, The Rock, Psy, Rush Hour (laughs) 5. 
Wait, was there a Rush Hour 4? Rush Hour 4 or 5, whatever it is. No, it's it's so good that they're uh, jumping right to number it's, 5. <laughs> That's the tagline. It's so good we skipped one. I like it. We should we should plug this. And as we start the show, I'd like to say hi to the guys watching live in the chat room. Looks like we have Anthony and Steven watching. And there was a really creepy uh, cyber sex moment that started in the chat room. So go check it out if you want a good laugh. Aww. <laughs> Lish, do you want to read it for us, Adahe? I'm good. Because <laughs> you're the one that continued it. Uh, I can't pull up the chat right now. Now I'm sad. Just, oh, well. uh, what was it? Stephen J said, Adahe, Chris, and I are alone in the chat room. This might get ginky. So I responded with, as I slowly take off my pants. <laughs> and then Stephen, wait, looks down. I guess I move faster. <laughs> So, it's not a proper ATGN until there's a dick joke of some kind, so I guess we have officially started for the day. Hooray! Hooray. So, let's start with our typical bit. Let's go with our news of the week. Live from the ATGN studios on uh, the internet, it's the news of the week. Hooray! Who wants to go first this week? Volunteers? I guess I'll, I'll go, go first. Haha, ha, meet you. <laughs> Adahe got it. I don't really care now. Oh, shit. Uh, um, Do you even remember your news of the week? I forgot after I pulled it <laughs> I got it. I pulled it up, though. Um, we may or may not be getting a uh, Bethesda-produced television series. Um, Bethesda has patented the uh, trademark Fallout for an ongoing television program set in a post-nuclear apocalyptic world, essentially. The Fallout world. Um, also, we've gotten a few twi- uh, tweets from different people, including Eric Todd Dellums, who was DJ Three Dog in Fallout Three, who said there may be more dog coming. Fingers crossed. So, yeah, I'm, I- I'm kind of looking forward to it. Um, and with the success of like you know Walking Dead and uh, revolution, you know, post-apocalyptic shows, um, I could kind of see where they would be going for making this series. I think it will be awesome. I'm actually kind of surprised my brother has not, like, uh, has, my brother is a huge Fallout fan, and like, ridiculous to a point where he's just, uh, he's wanting me to play it, and all he does is he just leaves it in my Xbox so that maybe I'll not take it out and put in Borderlands. Um, Fallout 3 is really good. New Vegas, you can forget about, but 3 is really good. Uh, uh, I would like to counterpoint and say that Fallout 3 is okay. New Vegas is excellent. New Vegas I know, we don't know what to think, guys. New Vegas is too linear, whereas Fallout 3 is very open world, similar to, to like uh, Oblivion and Skyrim, whereas New Vegas makes you go in a straight line. I I disagree. Um, I have problem with open. We can, we can, we can, uh, we can rock 'em sock 'em robots this uh, to see who's right and who's wrong. Um, but difference I, of opinion, there, there is a lot of open. I, I, I can, I can kind of see where you're coming from, Adahe. Um, the, the main quest line in New Vegas is much more prevalent than the main quest line in Fallout Three. Um, the difference being, in my opinion, is that the main quest line in New Vegas is good where the main quest line in Fallout 3 is mediocre uh, at best. I can see that. I mean, the Fallout 3, or the Fallout New Vegas quest line was great. Um, also, in Fallout news, apparently, rumor is Fallout 4 is going to be set in Chi-Town. Hmm. Ooh. 
That's good, because the last Fallout game that was set anywhere near Chicago was Fallout Tactics, which was... Well, so going back to the TV show aspect of this, what's the right network to put it on? Do you want to put it on, like, a pay cable where you can get extremely violent over the top? Do you want to go, like, the AMC route where you really just push the envelope for cable TV? Or or you could go network, so... It can't be Fox. It can't be sci-fi, even though it would fit, because they ruin everything they touch. Um, I don't know. Continuum looks good. I I recorded the first episode. I haven't watched it yet, and I'm intrigued by Defiance. Defiance does look really good. Produced, though, is it? I don't know. That's, I think that's a Sky show from Canada. That's that sounds correct, is. actually. Um, that means sci-fi can't fuck it up as easily. <laughs> unless they move the time slot about a bajillion times. I, I watch Face Off on, Sky, on sci-fi. That's cool. That's one of the very few reality TV shows I watch. That and Top Chef, because for some reason Top Chef intrigues me. But that's neither here nor there. Because you're fat. I guess. But what does that have to do with it? (laughs) I like Uh, Chopped and Top Gear. Yeah, reality. It's produced by Reunion Pictures. Continuum is. So. And Shaw Media. So it looks like uh, one of them. I don't know. There you go. So it's not produced by... Um, sci-fi at all. It's just on their network. Booyah. Well, that's not so bad, then. Well, I don't know. They've got some stuff that actually looks interesting. It's the first time in a long time I can say I might actually watch something on Sci-Fi Channel. I'm... I'm the, the one thing that concerns me is, is whether or not they would get the budget that they would need to really do... to, to like really bring the Fallout setting to life. Because, I mean, Brotherhood of Steel power armor would probably be fucking expensive to make. Um, not to mention any of, like, the, the, the higher uh, higher mark power armors and then, like, the big Tesla weapons and all the crazy plasma <laughs> and stuff. Um, not and, to mention they're uh, going to have some, some people who think it's going to be a zombie thing because of the uh, crap. The one dude whose name I can't remember. Well, uh, that would actually be really cool because the ghouls are one of the most... Ghouls, uh, yeah. One of the most interesting uh, uh, aspects of Fallout, you have basically living zombies, um, and then you have their more feral counterparts, which are fucking terrifying. So Um, so I guess the point is, like, HBO and Showtime and those guys have shown they'll throw the money to make expensive mm -hmm. series. I mean, Spartacus ain't cheap, Game of Thrones ain't cheap, Camelot wasn't cheap, and it flopped. Well, even, like, uh, Carnival and Deadwood weren't cheap. Um, so, I mean, they, and they, they, you know, they, yeah, they, they've definitely proven that, uh, they, they don't mind throwing the money behind it. My biggest problem is, is if it goes on HBO or Showtime, I'm not sure how Showtime works, but if it goes on HBO, I have no way of watching it outside of piracy because I'm not going to pay for HBO cable and HBO Go isn't a service that I can, um, access. So that's, yeah. that would be very disappointing and frustrating. Agreed. Well, so, I think we've talked this one enough. Who wants to go next? Did you want to go next, Ryan? Yeah, I'll go next. Sweet. <clears throat> um, so, I actually, there there was a, a fairly big piece of tabletop news, um, at least one that I'm really excited about that I wanted to share with you guys, um, and that is that uh, um, Fantasy Flight Games, the company who makes uh, Android Netrunner, which I've been playing recently, and, of course, the X-Wing Miniatures game, with which uh, me and Chris can't shut up about on Twitter. Um, or in general. Or in I general. Mean, what? 
<laughs> um, they recently announced that they're going to be um, re-releasing uh, a revised edition of Letters from Whitechapel, which is a... Uh, a I really saw popular- you blowing Twitter up about that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's... it's it's a uh, it's an interesting deduction game one, where one player takes on the role of Jack the Ripper, and everyone else takes on the role of investigators trying to find Jack the Ripper. And it's basically a hidden movement game where the the investigators have to try and find the one player who is running all around committing horrible murders. Um, Fantasy Flight has a similar game um, called Fury of Dracula, which is actually a couple years old, um, where one player plays takes on the uh, the role of Dracula and is running all around Europe while you know. Um, Harker and Van Helsing and Mina all try and, try and chase him down. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with this. Uh, they've got an article up on the website, which I'll post in the chat, that uh, uh, you know announces the game and then it has a link to all of the different changes for anyone who has played the, the, uh, the latest release, which was uh, um, Nexus Games released in 2011. Um, but Fantasy Flight is well known for having really solid rule sets, um, amazing components and just putting a lot of really big production value behind their games. And this is one that I've heard um, really great things about from a lot of different people. And I'm really anxious to get my hands on a copy. It sounds interesting. I don't. I'd have to see if there's people around here playing, but eh, I might have to play something besides X-wing occasionally. <laughs> on a on a serious note, I'm going to agree with someone in chat and close your damn cabinet. It's distracting me. <laughs> Close your damn cabinet. (laughs) That is how Ryan talks to his girlfriend. And she did it too. Jeanette, you should have told him to fuck off. I, you know, I, I wouldn't, was, I wasn't, I, were Jeanette, I, would I was, that's how I talk to her on a regular basis. <laughs> if I were Jeanette, I would have opened more cabinets. Right? Just all go open them all. Just, just open all of them. And fuck it. <laughs> no, sit back down. <laughs> oh my god! For those of you guys that are listening to the audio episode at a later date, Ryan's background is a kitchen setting, and there's kitchen cabinets. One was has been hanging open since the show started. That's what spawned off this. Now they're all open. All right, hang on a second. <laughs> and now, and now Ryan has left his desk to go close them all. I've gotten really good at tuning out when she leaves shit like that open because it bothers the hell out of me too. Um, but uh, yeah, I I didn't I didn't see that. But now I'm gonna fiddle with the lights. This will be fun. Oh, there we go. Someone's gonna end up having a seizure because of this. But let's, I'll go next on the news of the week here. And uh, my news of the week was entertaining because Gearbox, the guys who've made of uh, the. Borderlands games, Yay! they turned down making a Call of Duty game because, quote, it didn't present a significant challenge, end quote. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can read the full quote. He goes, I don't think there's anything to accomplish there. I think if there, I think if I was only in it for the money, I would have done it. <laughs> I love them. So They're my kind of, favorite. This kind of takes us back to where we've said before that the Call of Duty franchise is really just remake the same shit reskin it, make some new maps, put it out, make a ton of money. There's really nothing hard with it. It's, as much it's, as I... Go ahead, sorry. 
Oh, it, I was just going to say it's mad. It's Madden for first-person shooters, and the only the only real difference is that Madden Madden can kind of get away with it because Madden, you know, the NFL has different lineups every year, and you know, slight tweaks in in stats and stuff like that. Right, and I realized I didn't attribute that quote that was from Gearbox CEO Randy Pitchford, who said. I was going to say, was that Randy? Because that was. sounds like something he would say. I mean, I understand. I have to give them credit for at least the whole "if it isn't broken, don't fix it" thing, because well, it works for them as much as I hate. Call of Duty and Battlefield and what they do to gaming, they do at least listen to the, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, they make stupid amounts of money selling the same thing. Well, year and see, year but out. their problem is when it is broke, they still don't fix it for a couple iterations, too, because they've got so many of them rapidly up in the pipeline. Yeah. Uh, did you see this uh, Twitter from, uh, from Jeanette here? You mean this one I just pulled up on screen? Why yeah. don't you read it for us? Uh, this is from the guy who leaves the toilet seat up and his clothes everywhere all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What a Hang dick. on a second. <laughs> all right. She's always preaching to me about feminism and equal treatment of men. <laughs> so my, my response is, why can't I leave the toilet seat up? Why do I have to make a special motion just for you? That is sexist. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like just, and then just, she, she makes this big to-do about falling in the toilet. I'm like, exactly. Well, exactly. It fucking hurts. I've done it. <laughs> You don't look like, at the toilet before you sit down? Yeah, well, if you're in a rush to pee, if you I really have to pee, if I you're just really kind of... By that logic, I shouldn't have to look... By that logic, I shouldn't have to look to put the toilet seat up if I really have to pee. Yeah, you should just be able to thread <laughs> so the I'm, So, yeah, guys, just start peeing them. all over the toilet oh. seats, and then girls will check and see before they... Damn it, this is really difficult, because I'm the only girl here. I'm Anthony <laughs> has tried it in the chat room. He goes, if you plan on sitting on something, look at it first. <laughs> That's uh, good dating but, advice, too. <laughs> she does, she does have me, uh, just so you guys know, in, in all honesty, she does have me on the leaving my clothes everywhere. <laughs> Alone up to that. I was gonna say you go shopping in the nude. I mean, well, yeah, that's why my clothes are everywhere. I was gonna say, do you just like strip down like right in front of it, or do you go there nude? We we know his habits for uh, shopping, i.e., nude. So it wouldn't surprise me. Well, no, that's why I'm asking. Does he strip down in front of the store, or does he go to the store nude? I mean, he wears a trench coat and then just flings it off as he comes in the door. I, that's what I've always assumed, just for the. <laughs> For the I picturesque moment. Trench coat? Trench coats are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh... I get out of bed naked, and if it's shopping day, I just take the sheet with me. <laughs> but doesn't that get expensive? I would think that'd be more expensive than, than trench coats. Well, no, the sheet... The, the bed sheet doesn't, like... I'm not dragging it around. I, I you know, I, <laughs> I wrap it around nicely. I got a little talking method that works, so... He forms a toga out of it. <laughs> how, did we, how did we get onto this topic? Your cabinets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, but before we get off that topic, we got a comment in the chat room from Steven. He goes, I just emailed with Jeanette the other day for the first time. I've never done that with you, Ryan. Therefore, I have her back. What is this? <laughs> her Mac is doing something retarded, and I don't know what it is, and it's making noises, and I don't like it. What is this? There's an X here. It's a trap. Oh, my God. I just started making, like, dingly sounds at me, and it completely covered the entire window, and I don't know what it was doing. <laughs> this is awesome. I love how off the rails we are 17 minutes into the show. But let's go use my ass. <laughs> let's, anyway. let's go to the next news story. Who's next? 
Um, I guess that's me. Yeah, or do I'm you want to go, Robsy? You go ahead. <laughs> of course you're ass-whipped. God. <laughs> um, okay, so we've been following the Walking Dead whole showrunner thing. Uh, the fact that they keep changing showrunners is awesome or awful. I haven't quite decided yet. Um, but Scott Gimple has been named the new showrunner for uh, Walking Dead. And he uh, he's already he's written a few of these episodes from this past uh, the past half season that we've seen so far, such as Hounded, um, which is where uh, Rick started receiving the phone calls. Um, I don't know other than that what he's done. Unfortunately, there isn't much listed in the article I'm looking at, and I don't want to type and be and I'd have to mute myself, and that would just be silly while I'm trying to tell you what news of the week is for me. But um. That is uh, that is my news of the week, is that we have a new showrunner already for The Walking Dead. And since he's done, he did Hounded, and that was a really good episode. Uh, this season has been really good so far, and he, he's written a few episodes for this season, so I do kind of have hope again for season four. Okay, I just looked up his credits. He was a writer on NBC's Life and Fox's Drive and ABC's Flash Forward. And okay, never mind. Never mind. My hope has just diminished. <laughs> no, it gets better. He was also he co-wrote the script for Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance, (laughs) and possibly the best. Remember the Disney show Pepper Ann? Yes, he yes the comics for it. I literally there was a comics for it. No, Uh, he wrote for Pepper Ann, and he wrote on Simpsons comics. I've never read the Simpsons comics. I know they exist, though. Well, maybe he got better. I call it better. Yeah, got better. Okay. <laughs> the Walking Dead is going to be a hard thing to kill off, so it'd have to be really shitty to. I I hope he brings those Pepper Ann influences. I really do because oh my god, Pepper Ann was amazing. <laughs> far too cool for seventh grade. She really was. I loved Pepper Ann. Steven says in the chat room, "Let's hope he has no control." We can hope. <laughs> well, I mean, I really liked what they did with the phone calls. I like that they brought it in. Yeah, I mean, you just had to steal that from the comics. People, yes. People seem really upset about Glenn Mazzara getting fired because of how good the last while has been. But I think the driving force behind that is Robert Kirkman. And he's still there, so I don't know that the showrunner has that much influence. Well, just because of season... The thing that I thought about was season two was because that's when they had that whole showrunner thing and they took away all the money, and it was like... So, season two, we got Where's Carl? And it's Barn, okay. and it was just like... It was a very... You could watch the last three episodes and get the entirety of the season. So, I'm wondering if we're going to get something like that again for season four. Because Robert Kirkman was there through season two, too. So I really think as long as they don't kill Daryl, they'll have a following. But if they kill Daryl, my God, people will protest in the streets. Women's ovaries will stop exploding. Every day I go on Facebook, there's like 30 pictures of fucking Daryl Dixon. <laughs> I'm like, why does the, I just can't take it are, anymore. Are you posting them in your sleep out of hay? I can't take it anymore. Why do these people keep posting pictures of this dude? I like started unfriending people for posting pictures of Daryl Dixon every day. It's worse than the Jesus post. Uh, Someone liked Pepper Ann, it would appear, based off of Twitter. Yeah. Pepper Jeanette Ann says Pepper was Ann was awesome. awesome. The show. 
I was a, I was a big fan of Pepper Ann. And Doug. I watched a whole lot of Doug. Doug was the shit. Quail Man was the shit. Everyone should oh. love Doug, and everyone should love Hey Arnold. I yes. hated Doug so much. What? Get off I our show. Like, <laughs> I was I was I was eleven years old or, or whatever and I was oh like grow right. here fucking balls. It's all <laughs> just grab the kid and shake him and be like, Grow some balls, you pussy. <laughs> Ryan, can you cosplay as Doug at the next convention you're at? You can off a Doug only, cosplay. Only only if you uh, only if you cosplay as Skeeter. Yes. <laughs> but no accurate skin tone. Like we gotta get some fucking teal paint. I was gonna say I have teal body paint. I'm gonna uh, get from a costume. Smurf or Captain Planet comments, but yeah, I'll be. Does Skeeter. this mean Naki has to be uh, Patty Mayonnaise then? No, uh, Naki's pork chop. Hey. <laughs> No, no, Naki. Naki is either Doug's bitchy hipster sister, um, or or the bully, uh, Roger. Roger Klotz. Klotz. <laughs> Naki is Roger Klotz. Naki is Roger Klotz. I'd rather be the bitchy hipster sister. <laughs> Jeanette, well, Jeanette wants to be the bitchy hipster sister. Look, look. She look. should be Patty Mayonnaise. Doug. Doug wore a sweater vest with shorts. All right. <laughs> That's all you need to know about the show. To immediately throw it in the garbage. But he was also <laughs> Quail Man. Come on. Yeah. And Quail Man had the... Oh, don't even get me started on Quail Man. <laughs> I would rather no, read please, Captain Underpants. Start on Quail Man. Oh, uh, no. no. What, what exactly is your issue with Quail Man? I don't understand. Okay, so Quail Man... Quail Man <laughs> was Doug's fantasy. Quail Man was, was, was who Doug always wanted to be. He was confident. He had powers. He was... Sure of himself, he was a hero. Now, Doug's idolized version of himself wore his underpants on the outside, still wore a sweater vest with shorts, and he had a belt on his head, and he was based off of a quail. And you know what you do with quails? You shoot them and eat them. <laughs> it's not a spider, it's not an octopus, it's not a bear, it's not a gorilla, it's not a big... Pi- like That was his idealized version. He, could, he was such a pussy... <laughs> He couldn't even imagine himself as anything cooler than a quail. Did, did you want to call Super Dick Mode for this? So are you going to retroactively call Super Dick Mode? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, how about this? What about Rocco's Modern Life? Rocco's Modern Life was awesome. It was. Can, well, we, can, we have a comment in the chat room before we get too far. This one's addressed to you, Ryan. It's, my dog growing up was named Skeeter. She's dead. Thanks for reminding me, Ryan. <laughs> So you just you just hurt Stephen's feelings. <laughs> For someone who dislikes the show, he starts getting to watch it. <laughs> oh, oh man, that's right. Um, shit, I forgot what we were talking about. We were on some tangent. We we were talking about Walking Dead, but yeah. that's cool. <laughs> what was the name of the devil in Rocco's Modern Life? Was it Peaches? Yes, yes, peaches. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, oh man, I knew somebody who used to dress up as heifer. <laughs> Doesn't do that anymore because they lost a lot of weight. But you know what show I really enjoyed was uh, Ah Real Monsters. Oh yes. God, yes. That was that, that was. was, that was oh awesome. man, I loved Crunk. Do you remember? It's like do you remember when cartoons were awesome? Because they're not now. <laughs> Well, okay, you really have to find awesome. You have to find awesome cartoons because they do exist. I'll name you some awesome ones: Young Justice, Archer. Green Lantern, the animated series. 
Uh, Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Transformers Prime. These are all nerd tunes. I said cartoons, not nerd tunes. Okay, you know what? Um, my nephew is obsessed with... Oh, God, what's the name of that show? There's Okay, Yo Gabba Gabba was a given. Uh, but that's not a cartoon. It's got Biz Marquee in it. it I know, right? Uh, Biz is the day. <laughs> they, they actually went to the live show of it last night, and Biz Marquee was there, and they were just... They, my sister was flipping out. But, um... I would have flipped out for Bismarck. He's like, baby, you, you got what I need. <laughs> <They're all cut. laughs> and sadly, that was about as good as his singing. <laughs> oh, Fairly Odd Parents. Anybody else? Because I fucking love Fairly Odd Parents. Well, I, did watch- I, I, um, I only watched a couple episodes of Fairly Odd Parents, but I watched a shit ton of Danny Phantom. Danny Phantom was also great. I can't remember the name of it, but I watched the the one with the uh, imaginary friends. The, the, the Foster's Home. Yes, I loved Foster's Home. Aww. now I want to. It's on actually. It's actually on demand. You can watch it there. I watched that, and I watched one other one that was recently new. Chowder. I like Chowder. Chowder's pretty good. I I like Chowder. Um, Adventure Time. So I can't get into Adventure Time. There's something about that show that just yeah, irritates there's something me. Something wrong with you. The fan base of Adventure Time is a really obnoxious. Yeah, it can't be as bad as the Bronies. I don't know oh, about yeah. that. I don't know. I don't know. Let's ask our Brony representative, Ryan. Not <laughs> <laughs> that there's anything wrong with that. We we have no problem with the Bronies as long I as they're not. I dicks. disavow. I disavow any any. Uh, Look, I'm not. I'm not cross playing. Look, I'm not cross playing as a female pony. Okay, that's, that's double cross play. That's that's you're cross playing genders, and then you're cross playing species, and that's it's too far for me. I can do one or the other. Well, on that note, then, <clears throat> Bravo. Did you have anything for news of the week? I wanted to talk about Superior Spider-Man. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Uh, I, just, I heard Chris. I hear. Oh, I have not watched the last couple episodes, so I'm sure I'm gonna <laughs> complain about people like Chris. Um. <laughs> uh, so, full spoilers for Spider-Man 700 and Superior Spider-Man One. Um, my, I'm just frustrated with fandom right now. First of all, people were upset that they air quote killed Peter Parker in 700. And replace him with Doctor Octopus, even though like you saw it coming a month beforehand, because everywhere across the internet they've been saying someone who's not Peter Parker is Spider-Man and Superior Spider-Man. Then in 698, someone other than Peter Parker is Spider-Man. There's no twist in 700 because they told you someone else was going to be Spider-Man, and then someone else is still Spider-Man. Is not that someone else become Spider-Man in 700. Like, it was phoned in three issues before. I think a lot of people had the expectation that it wouldn't stick, and a lot of the rage on that from some people is that it did stick. I, I don't care that they killed him, to be honest. I just don't like the way in which they did it. What is, what's wrong with the way that they did it? They did it much better in the Ultimate books. Oh, where they actually killed him? Yeah. Okay. Where they actually killed him, and where he's actually a hero, and people know that he's dead, versus... Glowing out in an inglorious way with a murderer and happening his body. Okay. Uh, here's my, my point. It's going to get undone. 
Oh, I know. And Everything I've been saying this in 700. There's a movie coming out in a year and a half. Dan Slott is planning this, and he's he's probably got a year and a half worth of stories ready to go. Like, I... Why can't... I don't understand why you would be upset about this. Actually, based on some of the early solicitations that have been released, it looks like it's around uh, episode... Not episode. Issues 8 or 9 or so, where Peter starts fighting back for control. Yeah, I... I'm sure that's going to happen. Like, I don't know. I'm just frustrated. And then other people were upset when at the end of the first issue it shows up that uh, Peter is still kind of in the background of his of Doc Ock's mind and his body. And then they're mad that they have this out already. Like, no, this was clearly what was going to happen. Well, uh, we, we discussed that last week, and what we thought, what, what we all kind of t- talked about was is that we agree that, you know, it was going to happen. We knew that it was going to be, you know, something that uh, it was, you know, it was inevitable. We got the movie coming out. But they could have stretched it out. You know, there, there could have been a whole, like, few few uh, books where they were just like, hey, you know, it's Doc Ock doing this. You know, and he doesn't realize what's going on. You know, he doesn't realize that Peter has control still. Honestly, I think my biggest complaint with Superior Spider-Man 1 is that they rushed the return back to Peter. Yeah, you killed him, you don't have to bring him back immediately. And that's I know that makes me sound completely contradictory because I didn't really like the fact they killed him. But if you're going to do it, stick with it for a little bit versus in your very first issue, kind of start <laughs> to undo it. That was that was my biggest complaint with it. And Anthony agrees with me in the chat room. He says the Peter Ghost should have been delayed a couple issues. We got a bunch of comments coming up. I'll read them here as we debate. But right. uh, I'll I'll kind of agree with Naki. Like they were putting in subtle hints throughout that whole issue where he Doc would do something out of character and he wouldn't understand why. They could definitely have carried that out for a couple issues before they actually showed Peter. But on the other hand, like why not tip your hand already? Because I mean he's there. They're... Well, I think. Since they bought Marvel, since they bought Star Wars, they can actually get away with using Force Ghosts, is what I figured. I want Peter Parker to be a Jedi now. <laughs> my for 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 my money, um, just I, I haven't read it, but I've read enough spoilers and seen enough of the panels spoiled online that I feel like I've I've read uh, Spider Man Seven Hundred and uh, Superior Spider Man One, and the the only complaint I have is I, I like I like the story they're trying to tell, but the way they're doing it, um, it, it's the same problem I have with a lot of comic book events, is just, if it feels like they're rushing it because they're, they're basically the arc is going to have, it's going to be like, you know, two issues short of having all of the space that it needs to really tell the story well. And that's kind of how I felt with, feel with a lot of the big events. And, um, this, and I think that's, this sort of gets us back into the argument we had last week, where it's become more of the comics are designed to tie into the movies versus the other way around, where you use your comics to make people want to watch the movies and vice versa, and you don't want to confuse the customer or the, the viewer, because if they go and pick up a book of Superior Spider-Man on the shelves, it's not Peter Parker there, but you go see a movie that has Peter Parker. And honestly, I don't think you really need to worry about that as much, because I think fans are smart enough to figure it out that they're not necessarily linked up. I mean, and DC did it with Batman. This Bruce Wayne a, was dead when Dark Knight came out. Well, this is something that occurs actually um, a, a fair amount in uh, in tabletop gaming. Um, that companies will market new product to get new people playing, and either disregard or at least uh, at least slight the established fan base in some way. 
um, to uh, you know by by not by changing the character of of you know one of one of the characters or changing the feel of one of the settings or something like that. They're trying to get new people in and thus have new revenue, but established fans kind of take offense to it because it's it's a, it's a change that they either weren't expecting or don't like or right. don't understand. In Bravo, we keep talking over you, so go ahead. You were saying something. I apologize. Uh, no, I'm, I'm just going to keep talking over him. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let me read a couple of the comments we've gotten in the chat room as we're going. Anthony said, the twist was they let you think Parker was going to figure out a way to win. I love Dan Slott's stories. He wrote a great story where Peter Parker actually lost. It was and is awesome. Um, Steven also added in, I love the Doc Ock thing and love that they carried it forward. I knew it was going to happen, but it's irritating that Marvel once again went, quote, we can't go one issue without stating clearly what we've planned. It's an example of Marvel not having any balls again. Okay. Uh, response to that. How many articles were there on, like, Doc Ock is going to have sex with Mary Jade, and that's rape. He's going to rape her because she doesn't know he's not Peter. Well, now we know that Peter can stop him from doing anything like that. So, like, that's not an issue anymore. And you know it's not an issue. Whereas if they waited... That would have been an issue, and people would have been bitching for months. Well, the, the nature of it is p- people are going to bitch regardless, because it's it's a big shift in the status quo. Yeah. They, Marvel can't win by doing anything different. If they do anything different, they're going to... They, no, they, they can't win at all. If they do anything different, they're going to have some people mad that it's not the same. And if they keep things the same, they're going to be mad that Marvel never does anything different. I but honestly didn't even totally think of that. Unfeasible. Any large company gets into that, like comic companies, gaming companies, all that. They get into that hole. They can't really, no matter what they do, people are going to be pissed off. Um, Myself, personally, I wasn't a big fan of the issue 700. I haven't looked into Superior Spider-Man. I wasn't a big fan of the price tag. (laughs) So I can't say anything about that, but I, I didn't like how 700 ended either, so. Well, and we got an interest, another interesting point in the chat to continue what Stephen was saying. He goes, it's the reason why Marvel now is just stupid. They couldn't get the balls to do a reboot like DC. Don't get me wrong, I didn't like a lot of the way DC handled it, but when they decided to do it, they did it. Minus Green Lantern. Okay, that's another issue with me. Comparing Marvel now to the DC reboot. It's nothing like that. It's it's like any Marvel relaunch thing. It hero, uh, Heroic Age, uh whatever the hell they called it when Norman Osborn took over. Dark Reign, I think. Yeah, they do this all the time. They do this like once a year. It's not at all related to the DC reboot. It's not Right, like but that. they they tried to sell it like it was like the DC reboot at first. I I disagree. I don't remember anything that struck me as being like the DC reboot. Well, it was all we're starting over at number 1s. It's a great starting point for everyone, which is how the reboot was on DC was pitched is we're starting over at number ones. It's a great jumping on point. The thing that was different is that DC basically rebooted all of their history, whereas Marvel didn't. And that kind of miffed some people, I guess. I don't know. I, uh, I all their creative teams around and Bendis is on X-Men instead of Avengers. Like, which I like, it's a big shakeup for everything going on in the, the universe. And people are taking different directions, but that's the same thing they always do with relaunches. Except the last couple of relaunches, they've kept the same writers on issues. Well, with the ex- Marvel rebooted all of the writers and creative, all, rebooted all the creative staff rather, except for Dan Slott, and then they brought Ryan Stegman on to Spider-Man, which is an awesome pickup. He draws an awesome Spider-Man. Yeah. 
Um, we got another comment in the chat room side. This is actually getting kind of fun. Steven goes, I disagree with that. The comic book industry is dying compared to where it was years ago. Doing the same stuff day after day doesn't work. It's proven. Half the DC titles would be dead if DC didn't reboot it. The fans complained about the change, me included, but the sales have worked. If Marvel doesn't start taking some risks, they're going to find themselves in an issue. At some point, you're going to have to do things to make fans talk, whether they're angry or not. Any publicity is good publicity, which I think is kind of what they did with Superior Spider-Man. Yeah. I think that was and that was in reference to a comment Ryan had put in there. I think. Yeah, I, I had I had commented on the chat that uh, um, um, oh shit, now I forgot what my exact wording was. Um, it was uh, uh, I like Marvel now as a jumping on point for new readers, and I know a few folks in my area that are really digging titles like Thor, Hulk, and Deadpool. Um, I I, feel, I do feel like uh, like Marvel basically looked at the New Fifty Two. Um, reboot, and we're like, what elements can we pull from this in order to market Marvel Now, and in order to to put the Marvel Now initiative together in order to get more new readers and try and get the same kind of sales bump that uh, that the New 52 did? Um, and I'm not sure that they succeeded. To me, Marvel Now felt like they were trying to do DC Reboot light, and that's just my personal opinion on it, because of the, when you read the solicitations and the previews and stuff, that's just how it seemed to me. It, it's not how it is. I realize that, but when they were doing it originally, that's how it seemed. Well, that's kind of how business works, though. Like a lot of stuff about that DC reboot was successful, and a lot of people were pissed off that the universe started over. Uh, so Marvel tried to crib some stuff that people liked a lot to s- sell their own comics, and then tried to not do things that they might have disagreed with, like. They don't want to. If they had rebooted the universe, everyone would have said they were just doing what DC did. Right. They were just trying to do it differently, but learn from it. I think one of my biggest issues I have with the DC reboot is it kind of sucked that all the history was going away, but the fact that it's not really a full reboot if you go and look at it. It's like Green Lantern really seems to have kept a lot of what was what we just seen. The Batman timeline, it looked like all they really did is just change the timeline, and pretty much every other story seems to exist, whereas it seemed like everyone else got a full reboot. So it was kind of confusing from that regard. That was my biggest issue with the new 52. Well, I think it's with the Green Lantern, they had just did Rebirth and, uh, and Blackest Night and all and that. And Blackest Night and Brightest Day. I mean, they couldn't... Like six years before that. Right, but they had, they had just done that. And I knew, like, they had when they had gone into it, they, they had a, a bunch of press releases go out, and I was... Um, pretty involved in press at that point. And uh, they, you know, they said, you know, we had just reestablished Green Lantern. We don't want to reestablish it again, you know? Because, it, yeah, it was six years, but it was a whole big line that had happened. Yeah, that's kind of bullshit. It was Green Lantern's doing very well right now, better than he's done in a long time. Let's not with that. And that's why Batman stayed the same, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that, but when you look at the way New 52 was built, it was a fresh start for everything. And that's all I'm saying is that from my standpoint, when I was going in there expecting everything to have started over, it was a little confusing at first. But then I was like, eh, I'll go roll with it because I understand what's going on. Yeah. From my perspective, um, I rolled with it for a little while and then decided I don't really care about any of these characters anymore. And a lot of the characters I like aren't around anymore. So I've dropped a lot of DC. I'm probably reading less than I was reading before the reboot. Yeah, to be fair, the only thing I'm really reading in DC is the Scott Snyder Batman book and then the Death of the Family tie-in because I've enjoyed that and I occasionally pick up a Green Lantern book. 
Does Green Arrow still suck? I'm pretty sure Green Arrow still sucks. They're rebooting Green Arrow again, actually. Yeah, that that I'm excited about. He's going to be more like the TV show. Exactly. I do, I do agree with a lot of what Steven's saying about Marvel ruining their own. Uh, yeah, why, why don't you read it out for us then, Adahay? So, so one of my big problems with Marvel is it feels it's necessary to do what the fans expect, spell it out to the fans, and tell people in advance what's going to happen. In this case, they couldn't even give Doc Ock one title on his own without showing Peter. Any major event they announce publicly before people get their comics. Um, I also get daily press releases from Marvel, and they generally ruin their plot lines months in advance. And, I mean, that is true. I mean, you can go all all over the internet, and you can find, like, there's already uh, like two or three pages out of comics that aren't due out till March. In April, so it, that's one bad thing about Marvel in my opinion. And this kind of gets us into another debate that I don't think we need to tackle now, but just the basic premise of it is that in a lot of cases when it comes to these big events and comics, they can't help themselves but to, in order to get the good press, but to spoil it like the morning it comes out before a lot of people can go get the books. And that's something I've ranted about before. I understand where they're coming from, because spoiling it like that does get press out there and get people into the shop, but for the people who are going to get into the shop because they saw the press, they don't need to be there the first day. That, I agree with you 100% there. My biggest complaint is if I'm a longtime reader of something and I can't get to the shop before 8 a.m. when this is all over, like CNN and things like that, and I go and read the news news page and I get spoiled, I'm going to be pissed off. Yeah. Can I, uh, can I ask a question? Um, Bravo, uh, Chris, even you know everyone, uh, and Steven as well, um, do you guys think that what we're what we're experiencing right now? Because I mean, this has been going on for a couple of years, but um, as far as far as I know, the comics industry is is very slow to change. Do do you guys feel like this is some sort of like you know rough waters period where um, the comic industry is is basically going through this this uh, these growing pains of trying to find a new way to conduct their business, or do we do we see this as, as everything's kind of falling apart? Like, how do you guys see the industry as a whole when we have these big and legitimate problems as fans? I think the comic industry is focusing more on the movies than the comic industry. Mm-hmm. The comics are just advertising for their movies at this point. <clears throat> They're and it, and that, basically. I, I agree with that. And in that case, do you, do you think we'll find a balance eventually where, where the comics are can, can support the movies but also be their own entity? Or? Not, unless, uh, not unless the comics start bringing in the movie money, honestly. I, I honestly believe, like, because the movies bring in so much money and so much revenue... They're just gonna they're just gonna keep declining what the comics are just to continue it as oh we're gonna set you up for this movie it's just gonna become one of those things like a free it's gonna be like a happy meal toy like honestly that's kind of how I feel the comic industry is coming is if you're going with the the two big guys DC and Marvel it's and not indie or anything like that I feel like the the comic books are, are kind of like the happy meal toys. My my personal take is when you look at a lot of these movies they're making, these are long established characters. They've got years and years and years worth of massive backstory to go through and choose the major events. So at this point, the movies don't really have to care much about the comics. They're interested to cherry pick the plot lines that are good. It's going to take them a long time to pull all those good plots out and make movies. So I don't think you see quite the emphasis on some of these things in comics. And instead, you see the emphasis on the mega event 
to try and sell titles across because, like, for instance, Civil War, everything tied into Civil War. So technically, if you wanted to get the full story, you were supposed to pick up, like, 14 books each week that came out. And needless to say, I wasn't going to do that. Four, 14 books each week, two of which were, were readable. Yeah. I mean, that's that's an over-exaggeration, of course. But yeah. that, that's my take, is that I think Adahe is right, in fact, that the focus is coming a lot more to the movies, but I think the trade-off we need to look at here is the comic book movie bubble is going to burst. Just like anything else, there's going to come a time when they're not popular, and let's 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 make an argument here. People always like action movies, though. Bubble, though. I'm sorry? Yeah. Go ahead, Bravo. I said I disagree about the bubble. Uh... As long as they keep making good comic book movies, people are going to go to them. And that's um, the example I was going to get into. <laughs> and they've, they've made bad comic book movies that no one has gone to, and it hasn't really hurt it that much. Green I think Lantern. the real bubble was a few years ago when they were just putting out a ton of comic book movies, whether they were good or bad. And I think the shift the last couple of years has been to just... Comic book movies aren't going to be successful on their own. They need to be good comic book movies. Well, I, I think I think I think you're both right. I think I think we, you know, as long as good comic book movies are are, are being made, people are going to go see them. But I do believe that that eventually the, um, for lack of a better term, the novelty of comic book movies is going to fade in the mainstream audience's eyes, and you won't, you'll you'll still see you'll still see a lot, you know, big numbers for these for these uh, comic book movies. But they won't be as big as as they are now with the, like Avengers. I think the key point is they need to keep making them good, and you need to make it characters that people care about or have at least some passing knowledge about. Which is why I'm looking forward to it, but I have reservations about Guardians of the Galaxy because your your normal people who don't read comics probably haven't heard of it. Whereas like Joe Blow on the streets probably heard of Spider Man, Superman, Hulk, and things like that. So it's a harder sell on characters that non fans don't know to get them in to see it. I think if that makes sense. But on the other sense. hand, like, do people did people know the individual individual characters in the Avengers that well? Not well, really. Um, but Marvel, the people sorry, but Marvel built that into the Avengers. They put out those movies, and they were kind of successful. But they built up the public awareness of these characters and let people see these good movies, and then they turned that into a really successful Avengers movie. Yeah, Marvel, Mar- and, that's, and that's exactly why I think Guardians of the Galaxy is 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 going to be a good, a great success because um, Marvel did such a good job. They took, you know, they took Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, and the Hulk, and those are all very recognizable characters. And then in those movies, they 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 sewed in threads of Nick Fury, Hawkeye, Black Widow. So that when Avengers came out, all of those characters were much beloved by fans in, in, in fans who, who didn't know who they were. And I think that for the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, if and I think we talked about this a couple episodes ago, where if they market it correctly and if if they're if they're smart and savvy about it, which I think Marvel slash Disney will be, they'll be able to sell it as you know you'll you'll see a trailer where they're like. We heard something happened on Earth, and then you know, you're showing clips of Avengers, and then that will lead into what's happening in space, and and so on and so forth. I think a lot of us are looking at it incorrectly as well. Um, we're looking at it from the from the view of comic book people who know these characters. A lot of the people that I talk to don't read comic books, and they go and see these movies. They know nothing about the characters hardly in advance. They go because they want to see a good action movie. Um, and that, that's just it. They're, they're marketed as good action movies. If you like the characters or not, 
in the past, that's that's fine. But I mean, people have always went to see action movies. Look at look at Predator and. Um, uh, anybody else want to see the Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger Johnny Knoxville movie? Because I um, do. <laughs> I'm actually going to see it this evening. <coughs> it's got Arnold in it. Shut up. It's got uh, Arnold in it, and there's a scene where they walk you into. Else a had Arnold in it. It was terrible. The Nothing. State of California. I was going to say Batman and Robin, but you that know. works too. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, Arnold was actually a wonderful governor, though. He really was. Yeah, he did a lot for that sure state. He was. That's oh, not in trouble right now. Let's not talk politics on ATG. Well, I, yeah, like let's, that. Let's, I like that. I like that. Let's do a couple. <laughs> let's do a couple comments we've gotten to feed into our argument. Is Troma Times on there and says, "Yep, they can do Guardians as having Iron Man leading them," which they've sort of hinted at that there might be Iron Man of some kind, especially if you're reading the comics right now. They've hinted at something like that. It's Steven says it's happening. Steven says, "Yeah, I agree, Ryan. Marvel did handle the films correctly. It's a shame that they operate so differently in their movies than their comics." That kind of brings yeah. us to an interesting point of if DC does Justice League the way we think they're going to do it, with just starting with the team to begin with, how well that's going to work. I'm so, I, I'm so nervous about that. I feel like you take uh, the Man of Steel Superman and maybe even take Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern and put them in that movie, and then you can, you can do Wonder Woman and Flash movies after that. Yeah, but DC wants to use it as a platform to reboot Batman off of, too, is what, is what I've read over the internet. Granted, internet stories, so God knows if they're true, but... Well, that's an interesting... Like, they announced a release date for Justice League, right? Yeah, 2015. It's going to be but a crazy not year. For the not for the new Batman. So, if they don't have plans to reboot Batman before that, they've got to reboot him out of the Justice League. I yeah, and that's what I've read from probably two or three different sites have all said that it seems like the plan is to reboot Batman out of Justice League. Yeah. My, my big concern with, uh, with Justice League goes to my big concern about, um, about telling origin stories in movies. And there are a lot of characters that could be, might be, should be in Justice League that are going to need to have their origin story told and they're not going to have a movie leading up to it. So what my concern for the Justice League movie is is that we are going to get a movie full of origin stories and then kind of an okay slash shitty fight with Darkseid. And I, I'm I'm really nervous about how they will be able to weave in those different threads and then uh, and then come out with a entertaining Avengers like movie. Just do it like the Justice League animated show where they just show up and fight the bad guys, and then tell the Flash's origin kind of in the Flash movie that follows. I'd be fine with that. I'm fine with that. I, I'm not I'm not sure if Hollywood would be fine with that, though. Yeah. I mean, they had to retell Spider-Man's origin in the new movie. I don't know if I... I like the movie, but I don't know if it was necessary. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like how they did the Edward Norton Hulk movie, where they kind of retold the origin in the opening credits, so they didn't have to rehash everything. I think... On some of these characters, especially if it's characters already had a movie run, you probably don't have to retell the origin. Like, with the next Batman, we all know Batman's origin. We've seen it. That's the way I feel about this upcoming Superman movie, too, because it seems like they're doing a lot of origin and Smallville stuff. And it's Superman. Everyone knows Superman. Just tell... Let him fight Brainiac or something and have a big action movie. Just move on. Do like Grant Morrison did in... Uh, also, All-Star Superman, where you tell the origin in, like, 12 panels during the opening credits. And I, was gonna, 
I was gonna say, just do the opening credits as the as the origin story, and just move on from there. Well, so we got, a, we got a comment here that makes me kind of laugh. Uh, Steven says, Ryan, are you and I the same person? You're saying everything I'm thinking regarding Justice League. <laughs> My response was, uh, was uh, well, what, what was the name of Adam Warlock's other evil, insane half? Because that's that's basically us. The Magus? Magus? I don't know how that was pronounced. Magus, I yeah, I think it was Magus, yeah. So yeah, Warlock and Magus, which is a hilarious play on words. And Anthony um, says something I really agree with. He says Incredible Hulk is still a shining example of how to retell the origin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and you know, that, that's the problem. Is I, I'm curious. I haven't watched the Man of Steel. I, like, I think it speaks volumes that I have not gone back and rewatched the Man of Steel trailer at all. since. But how many times have you watched Pacific Rim? Once a day minimum since it came out. <laughs> That's like me in the Iron Man three trailer. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I've actually. I, I. I felt bad the other day because I realized I was neglecting the Iron Man three trailer for the Pacific Rim trailer. But I'd be curious to go back to the Man of Steel trailer and and time how much of the trailer is him in the costume and how much is these flashbacks to him as a kid and him showing that he has all these powers. And I'm willing to bet it's more than fifty percent. And the and other that, thing, I'm, the other thing I'm wondering is how long Man of Steel is going to be. Yeah. And that that real that, that concerns me because Bravo, I agree wholeheartedly. You do not need to tell Superman's story, uh, origin story. It it does not need to be. He's fucking Superman. All right. I don't. I think. You, hand, what's you, that? On the other hand, you don't need to tell Batman's origin story either. But Batman Begins did it pretty well. Yeah, Batman Begins. Did, Batman Begins did it pretty well, and I like the way Batman Begins handled it because they were. They were telling a very specific Batman story throughout those three films. They were definitely interweaving that origin with the rest of the three films they were telling. Right, and I mean, they kind of had to redo the origin because they want everyone to forget everything they knew from the last run of Batman movies. Yeah. And with, and like you said, with Nolan's narrative, he kind of had to set everything up because he tied a lot of Bruce's origin into his overarching story. I mean, they even, like... Last night on Twitter, I was I was bitching about Dark Knight Rises, but um, like they even they even pull Rajah Ghul from the first movie into the third movie, and if you hadn't seen the first movie, you wouldn't have known, you know. So I'm glad. Like I I do have I have the same problem with the origin movies because I'm like sitting there like what the fuck, dudes? Already, everyone knows all this stuff. So. Steven has the best comment here so far. He goes, "You need to disassociate yourself with the bat nipples, as sexy as they are." Aww, <laughs> but I enjoy. And Anthony chimed in that no one had to wash the Schumacher taste out of fans' mouth, which was not easy. I, I would like, I, I know I say this uh, fairly regularly, but I would like to tell everyone, go back and watch Batman and Robin again, but treat it like the Adam West Batman. And it's a comedy, and it's great. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I need to send you all a link of Batman. It's the best thing I've ever seen, ever. Is it um, the same thing that Ryan was sending me last night? <laughs> Because uh, I lost my guess? shit. No, it's okay. uh they redid Bane's voice with talking about food and things like that, and it was amazing. <laughs> and if you guys, if you guys have a chance, Google up uh, Bane outtakes on yes. on, um, on uh, YouTube, and you're looking for the video by the Oral Knots. There are two. There's the original Bane outtakes, and then there's the Bane outtakes two holiday edition. Rocky <laughs> and I were blowing up Twitter last night talking about that. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stuff my face with so much cake. <laughs> a mask hole with so much cake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
okay. Uh, I just sent the link out. It, if you want to look it up on the internet on YouTube, the title is Batman is Minding His Business, 1966. Did you throw it in the in the uh, in the chat room? So you, oh, as you guys watching live, I dumped it in the chat room for you, and those of you listening to the audio later, we'll make sure it's in the show notes so that you can look it up that way. But uh, let, let's not watch this now, but... Yeah, yeah continue uh, watching us! Yeah. I, I'll just... It's Adam West on this variety show in 1966 singing... Uh, is it Orange Sky? I don't... It's this... It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> Alright, so I haven't been paying attention to the comment tracker. We've had some stuff come up, and I'll bring those up. Jeanette has said, just make comics and movies separate. How hard? How is that so hard? Well, it's it's about the money, I think, is what we've all kind of come down to here. <laughs> and uh, Doom Monkey on the YouTube side, sorry we hadn't seen your comment earlier, says, I don't have issue with reboots. The previous history isn't going away. You can go ahead and read it whenever you like. It's just taking a fresh look at old settings. I have no problems with it. And, and then tell Jeanette... Tell that to Wally West. Yeah, who has <laughs> And then Jeanette has also said the future is in Indian webcomics. Which I, com- when it comes to the comics, see. Indian webcomics. Odd comic. Bollywood comics. Oh man, I love Bollywood movies. Anyways, um, I, I completely agree with Jeanette. Uh, webcomics have really taken over my life. Uh, when I when I go to the comic book store, I don't automatically go for Marvel and DC. I tend to go for the indie side. Because I, I know the stories that are going on in Marvel and DC. Uh, I know the characters. I want to see new stuff. I want to see new characters. Right. And, well, I don't know. This kind of a... Bring- I want to kind of wrap up some of the movie talk, and one of the things, and I'm not saying this to plug, is I was listening to the Fanboy Buzz the other day, and they were talking about wait, the humor wait, aspect. Wait, where can you find them? <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. It, this wasn't a plug for plug's sake. This is because they brought up an interesting point I wanted to talk about, is they were talking about the comic book movies and about whether the unnecessary humor at some points is necessary or not, is good or bad or not. Like, for instance, the Hulk punching Thor in Avengers, or... That was necessary. That was amazing and necessary. (laughs) This is the one I really want to bring up, because it's very interesting. You guys remember J.S. was on the show. He really hates this moment from Iron Man. I want to see if this strikes you guys as much as it does him, because he really hates it. Remember in Iron Man 1, when Tony builds the Mark II suit, and he's test-flying it, and he zooms in on the kid in the Ferris wheel who's watching him, who drops his ice cream. It's a subtle little minor humor point. Is it really a bad thing in the movie to have that there? Does it take away from the movie? Is it I don't, even, really? I don't even remember that scene. So. I, I have to, like, I'm seriously trying to think of that scene right now. I just watched it last week, so I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. Go ahead. It's not at all disruptive to the movie. I thought the same thing, and it's very entertaining to me because, like I said, Jazz has been on the show before. He has very strong stances on movies. He came on here and he said on their show many times he doesn't like the Avengers, and that's fine. You can have your opinion He's there. French. He's not allowed to like anything. But he really <laughs> hates the ice cream dropping part, and I hadn't really seen anyone else that affected that much, so I'm trying to find out if it's just him or if anyone else is really like, oh, this is terrible, I don't like it, it takes away from it, it's unnecessary humor. That I mean, I'm paraphrasing the arguments here. Ice cream, I just, uh, oh. <laughs> I, I, think, I, I feel think, bad for the kid. I think what's really happening here is is he's just upset that ice cream got wasted. Because, I mean, imagine how many times they had to had to do that take. They only had to do one take. They had to do that take like 50 times, and that's a lot of wasted ice cream. (laughs) So I'm willing to bet that that's his actual beef with the scene. Uh, We got a couple 
couple comments on here real quick. Anthony says that he liked it. Steven says, I agree, JS hates the scene, and I couldn't care less. It's such a minor scene. <laughs> and then Steven says, we are the best for putting JS in his place on that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I think I interrupted you, Bravo. <laughs> no, you did not. Okay. Did I interrupt someone? Because I think I talked over someone there. Oh, I was just going to say that uh, I, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't see, especially the Marvel movies. I can't see those movies without a little, with without the level of humor they have in them. Um, and you know, you, you look at even, even, I mean, even Nolan's Batman trilogy had humor in it. Those were much more dark. There was much darker, much more dramatic. But you like it's a, it's a storytelling like imperative. You have to break up the drama and the story with a little bit of humor every now and then. Otherwise you're going to lose your audience. You're going to depress your audience or you're going to, your audience isn't going to be able to make those kinds of attachments that having bulk punch Thor make. I mean, everyone relates to that scene and none of them overshadow what's going on. Yeah. How do we relate to it? (laughs) I've doesn't punch the gods. Well, I mean, look, if you You haven't punched Thor, Shit, I've punched Thor like on a daily basis. What's wrong with you all? That sounds like a euphemism. Yeah, I was like, right? a <laughs> joke. I punched me at C2E2, I punched Chris Hemsworth with oh my, my lips. You should have gotten him a chicken sandwich. <laughs> well, we got a couple other comments. Uh, Steven says, you guys are the best for putting JS in his place on that. And I'll say, my attempt is not to put him in his place, but just to see if anyone else was as bothered by it. Because the only reason I brought this up is JS has brought it up multiple times on their show, and I'm like, he must really hate this. I just, I don't understand the hate for it. Is there anyone else? The other thing in movies that tend to bother me is when things don't make sense. Like, in the Avengers, how the fuck were they talking to each other and none of them are wearing headsets? That bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a good one. And then uh, Anthony chimed in. He goes, if he's French, I think in reference to Jazz, he automatically loses anyways. He's upset Batrock the Leaper wasn't the villain in the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope so much that he's in the new Cat movie. <laughs> I do too. Like, opening sequence, Cap just takes down Batrock the Leaper. It's like, who is this dude? And then Anthony has also said the Thor punch was epic and in character for the Hulk. And I think that's why I didn't find that disruptive at all. Yeah, I, I I thought it was just natural that, as something that would have happened. It's kind of like being pissed off on the whole Thor's or Hulk smashing around Loki thing. It's like that was amazing, right? Like, okay, what when Thor the movie first came out, a lot of people had talked to me about how it was a it was a it almost felt like a comedy, and I'm like sitting there like I'm okay with it. I enjoyed the. Did anybody have an issue with? The, with Thor's movie, my my only issue with Thor's movie is that I really wish it had been two movies. I mean, they were they were on time constraints because they had Avengers. You know, yeah. there there were pacing issues. There were, there were pacing issues, but I I loved everything about it. I I especially I can ne- never remember the actor's name, but I love the guy they got to play Volstag and everything oh, yeah. with him was was, was what's great about what was Sorry, that? What was that? Ray Stevenson. He was also the Punisher. Yep. Yes. He he. They 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 not only made Bolstag funny, but they did so in a way that also perfectly captures the character. They did the same thing with uh, with uh, J. Jonah Jameson in the in the Sam Raimi Spider Man films. Um, and once again, I'm blanking on the actor's name. J. K. Simmons, who was perfect like, casting. Yeah, that is, by the way, that is still. I I challenge anyone to to nominate a more perfect casting than J. K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson because if you, you, if you go, go just go with. 
Jessica Alba as Susan Storm. I will. <laughs> I can't. I can't threaten your life. Chris called me out on that last episode. Um, oh, that was about threatening uh, comic book writers because you don't like what they do. You can threaten lives. I don't care. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, Anthony agrees with us on Thor. He says the pacing was the only problem. The redemption of Thor as a leader was rushed, which which I agree with. And I will honestly say Thor was much better than I thought it was going to be going in there. Yes. I, I actually enjoyed it a little bit more than Captain America. It was Cap I was most excited for that summer. Yeah. I'm just not a Captain America fan. <laughs> and, uh, going back to your uh, J. Jonah Jameson argument, Ryan, if you're doing just his voice casting, Ed Asner was awesome yeah, as yeah. J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man 90s cartoon. I will agree with that. But if you're going live action, J.K. Simmons is J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you give him hair. Yeah, yeah, you have to give him the hair. Wow, um, we, we really oh. stretched this topic out. Oh, and, and Adahe, Anthony has an answer for you how they were all able to talk to each yeah, other. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> Stark Industries micro Bluetooth headsets. <laughs> I don't mean to change the subject here, but I just found that a true American treasure is getting a new television series. The Rock? No, Kevin Bacon. Oh yeah, yeah the oh, following starts. The, fo- yeah. the following starts tomorrow. I'm super yeah. excited. It looks really good, actually. It's Kevin Bacon and uh, James Purfoy. Purfoy. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's let's start to wrap. Let's. Well, I'm sorry, I started all through that. As let's wrap this topic and let's give everyone a chance to say their last thoughts on this because we've been arguing round and round, and I'm sure we've interrupted people so at times. So that topic so. was Superior Spider-Man. <laughs> 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 Let's go back to Superior Spider-Man. <laughs> because we went down like four different rabbit holes under this conversation and somehow got into the movies again. We started with Spider-Man? What yeah, the we, fuck? <laughs> I, I kept trying to bring us back, but I was having a lot of fun with this argument. I think it's a fun debate to have. So, just any thoughts in general on any of the four things we talked about before we wrap and go to the next uh, segment? Dick butts. I, I would like to say that... Uh, uh, Somewhere in there, we talked about animated series, and uh, I would like to say that I watched the first episode and a half of Ultimate Spider-Man. was not a fan. I think the 90s uh, Spider-Man cartoon is still the best. And you know what kills me about Ultimate Spider-Man is Paul Dini is one of the creative consultants on it, and I don't like it. I generally like everything Paul Dini does. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I see what they're trying to do with it, but just it, it's not jiving with me. It's too rambunctious. It's the breaking of the fourth wall on a regular basis bothers me, too. Yeah. But, and I'm also angry they cancel Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes to then tie in with that. Like, that just adds a little, yeah. another level of frustration. But, I'm done. Before we go down another rabbit hole, anyone else have any final <laughs> thoughts on this topic before we kick it over to Naki's game? Dick butts! I think that's a good transition, so I'm going to toss it over to Naki because I think she has a game for us today. I might have a game for us today. And um, the problem with this game today is that Chris and Adahe both aren't fans of the show that I'm doing, but that's okay. We'll, we'll make we'll, we'll have them figured out anyways. Um, so this week, Archer season four premiered, which has be, quickly become one of my favorite shows. Um, because they started with an extended Bob's Burger. They really did. Uh, if you are not a fan of the show, um, H. John Benjamin, who plays Archer, also plays Bob on Fox's Bob's Burger. So uh, it's a really they they did a really fun little crossover there and. Uh, Really, uh, if you if you haven't seen the season four premiere, check it out because it's fantastic. Um, but this week's Kill Bang Mary, which you have to choose from the three people that I will give you if you will kill who you will kill, who you will bang, and who you'll marry. You do have to do all three of these things. So, 
I've chosen for your first round, and we'll see, you know, we're on kind of a time constraint because we had too much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I have chosen the first, for the first round we have, I'm sorry, I'm pulling up the screen share right now. Um, we have the main character, which is Sterling Archer. Uh, he is a spy, uh, sorry, world's best secret agent, and he will tell everybody and anybody. It doesn't go by his code name, which is actually Duchess. Um, who she loves his, his mom. Is his, boss. <laughs> his mom is his boss, Mallory Archer, who is in round two. Um, he's also, uh, you know, your your average James Bond man whore. Uh, also, just like he he screams things like Danger Zone and Lana, Danger and, and he looks like Burt Reynolds with a mustache. Yes, when he has uh, a mustache, he kind of looks like with a mustache. He, when he has a mustache, looks like Burt Reynolds. Yes, uh, Archer is the ultimate uh, uh, world's greatest spy. All right, your second choice. Mm. If my computer would change, there we go. Is Lana Kane, Archer's ex-girlfriend, also a top secret agent of ISIS. Um, she is played by Aisha T- Tyler. I almost said that wrong. Thank you. And uh, she is basically a badass and way better at being a secret agent than Archer is. But uh, she's sassy. She's awesome. Uh, I really, I, I adore Lana Cade. She's got Truckosaurus uh, hands. She has Truckosaurus hands, which everybody makes fun of her for. <laughs> and then your third choice is Cheryl or Carol. Her name kind of just changes to Chris what Ball. she, <laughs> what she's Ball. feeling that day. Uh, Cheryl, Carol, Crystal. Uh, I think at one point she was, they just didn't have a name for her anymore. Um, she is uh, very into being choked while having sex, and she will go into graphic detail throughout the show. Um, the, oh, by the way, this show isn't for kids, if you haven't picked up on that. Um, it's also uh, Cheryl Carol... I don't, I don't even know what to call her. Cheryl Carol is played by uh, Judy Greer, who... Uh, She's been on, like, Two and a Half Men, and uh, she had that show with... Uh, the credit you go for? That was the last thing I saw her in. Because <laughs> yeah, I love Two and a Half Men. She was uh, Kitty on Arrested Development. Uh, oh, that's right! I totally forgot about that. Oh, man. Everything. And she, she Yeah, she like really is in everything. of the romantic lead or something. Right. So, she's in Californication, Family Guy, It's Always Sunny... Mad Love. I'm just going Every, through the list. Oh, Mad she was Love in is what I was trying to think of. Spot. Yeah. Mad Love is what I was trying to think of. Love but Monkey. Anyways. Love Monkey. Oh my gosh. I love that show. <laughs> I've never seen that show. It was on CBS. It, they had 12 episodes. They aired like 8 of them. And yeah. VH1 picked it up. Anyway. It got Firefly. <laughs> anyway, so those are your three choices. Um... Chris Adahay, I'm not going to make you two go first since you didn't, you have not watched the show. So I'll make, uh, we'll make Ryan go first since he's a regular oh. guest host, and we'll make Bravo go second. Yeah, do that. Cool. Well, the first thing that any Ed that everyone needs to know about uh, about um, Archer is that it's uh, it's basically um, it's basically the Arrested Development cast 
uh, doing a spy, an animated spy show because um, <clears throat> you've got uh, you've got Judy Greer uh, who was Kitty. You've got Jessica Walter um, who played Lucille, is uh, Archer's mother. Uh, Jeffrey Tambor is there with uh, with multiple roles, um, and even David Cross shows up uh, in the third season. So if you, if you're a fan of any of the actors from the rest of development, get off your ass and watch Archer. Um, for this for this. Uh, uh, particular um instance it's kind of it's kind of rough because uh i'm hesitant to kill cheryl because she'd probably get off on that and she would she would she will orgasm all over you as you kill her and Um, don't forget she's rich oh yeah that's right cheryl is one of the taunts which is a yeah, sorry, spoiler. Uh, Cheryl is a tunt who owns the uh, railroads. Oh my god. <laughs> you don't it when you say that word. <laughs> they did a very good job in that episode of, of carefully enunciating. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think that I would... Uh, I think that I would have to... Um, I, I would have to bang Lana. It would just... It would have to happen. Um... Because, goddamn, not not only would I be banging Lana Kane, but by proxy I'd be banging Aisha Tyler. And yes, please. <laughs> God, please. Um, and then, you know, this is kind of six or one half dozen the other. I could marry uh, I could marry Sterling knowing full well that we would never have to consummate the marriage. No, you have um, to consummate, I thought. You was have, yeah, the rule is you have to consummate your marriage. Yeah, but Archer would come up with some sort of ploy to fake the consummation, and I would go right along with him on that. He'd make friends with Krieger and just make a robot of himself or some yeah. shit. Yeah, Krieger would make some sort of horrible clone and then feed me some sort of drug that made me temporarily gay. Um, I don't know, his his intern died. <laughs> That's what he would tell me it did. Um, but no, I would actually probably... I'd probably uh, marry Cheryl for the money and kill Archer, so then I could I could be famous as the as the man who killed uh, Duchess. Yeah. Well, right. you might want to go with what I just put up on screen real quick, Naki. Uh, Jeanette says, "Hang on, I gotta pull that up." Marry Lana, bang Carol, and kill Archer because I would be a legend. Also, at plus two cents, aka Ryan is already banging Carol. <laughs> 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 it just had to go in there as a <laughs> She's so self-deprecating. <laughs> I don't even know. Jeanette, um, you're way better than Carol Cheryl. <laughs> I wish Ryan had said that. <laughs> I should have made him read it. Uh, bravo, you're up. Alright, for these three, um, I'm going to find whether there's a bounty on Sterling's head, because I'm sure there is, and kill him to get that. So, right there, making a lot of money. Then I'm going to bang Cheryl and marry Lana. I don't know if I could even bang Cheryl in good right. Like, I think I I would kill her and just deal with the goo. I don't know. Well... To be honest, when you're banging Cheryl, you might actually also kill her, so... That's true. It's true. She does like to be choked. <laughs> Alright, anyways. Uh... To be honest here, though, 
Which woman doesn't like to, what woman out there doesn't like to be choked a little bit? Come on. Wow. <laughs> Some uncomfortable inside Nat High's relationship right there too. So I learned something new today. <laughs> Weirded out. Um You turned right. bright red when you said it, Adai. Adai <laughs> <laughs> uh, just found himself in the danger zone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, in the comments side, before I go into Chris and Adahe, who I'm giving time to look up the characters if they feel like doing something. That sounds like far too lazy. I know. <laughs> um, Trauma Time says, bang Cheryl, marry Lana, kill Archer. Uh, Anthony Bachman has said uh, the same thing. Bang Cheryl, marry Lana, kill Archer. Oh, right. everybody's killing Archer here. I'm right. <laughs> Lana's baby crazy, though. So? <laughs> Sorry, I just watched that episode. <laughs> um, Anthony says, yeah, but if you go with the marry of Lana Aisha by proxy, it's all about marriage based only se- on sex. It's all about a marriage based only on sex. So there you go. No, we're in love. <laughs> all right. So, Adahe, who would you bang, mar- marry, kill? I'm kind of going with the... Uh... With the, with the whole crew on this one here, everyone who's on the lines of uh, banging Cheryl, Mary Lana, and kill Archer. It seems like the best option. Because, um, I mean, come on, who, who doesn't want to bang you know, Mother Earth or marry Mother Earth? Yes, Santa Claus. <laughs> what? I'm so confused. <laughs> you just made a Santa Claus three reference. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Out of nowhere. That's, that's claws with an E. <laughs> okay. Uh, Chris, you're up. Um, I'm going to flip things up a little bit. You said Cheryl's rich, right? Yep. I'm marrying her. No prenup. I'm taking half that shit eventually. Um, I will uh, bang her while you're having sex with her. Yeah, you'll, you'll, she'll, you'll die. Well, she'll die and you'll be having fun, so there you go. What? Anyways, continue. <laughs> That's all I got. Dark. <laughs> <laughs> that was sent to me by uh, by a friend who's who's listening. He PM'd me and was like, "You're crazy," and then just sent that picture. <laughs> For those of you listening to the audio podcast at a later date, it is a picture of Cheryl Carroll or whatever getting choked in bed. <laughs> This show is taking a really dark turn. I'm sorry. <laughs> so uh, continue on who you would kill, bang, or marry. <laughs> I think I said already, and then I would bang Lana and kill Archer. Okay. Somebody put out, there's probably a contract on his head somewhere, so I can probably get some money out of killing him. You've already married the rich person, though. So Yeah, you're... but who doesn't need more money in their life? The tunts? <laughs> <laughs> tunts are worth like $50 billion or something crazy like that. That's my insurance policy in case I have to sign a prenup, as I'll get the money from killing Archer. We want prenup. We want prenup. (laughs) Have you guys ever played this game using the other co-hosts? No. Uh, No, people have asked us if we're going to do that. (laughs) No. No. Okay. Do you want to? Bravo, you can do it. There's too many co-hosts this then episode. choose three. Choose three. Here, choose the boys. There you go. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I don't know the uh, 
two of those guys well enough to play this game. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried that you do know me well enough to play this game. <laughs> I'm going to share my all three. It's going to be a Ryan sandwich. First one, then the other, then the other. Uh, not the order and you'd if expect. And if I'm, and if I'm very, very lucky, if I'm very, very lucky, uh, he'll he'll uh, oh, uh, rape me to death, That's kill me, and then sew my skin into his clothes. <laughs> Oh my goodness! This this just okay. Let's let's get off the awkward. I'm gonna marry, uh, bag, and kill Ryan, and if he's very very lucky, it'll be in that order. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Bravo. Oh. Oh dear. Uh, do we want to do round two, or do you want to talk other things? I don't care. <laughs> let's 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 go round two because I think round two you guys might have more fun. Hang on, I'm gonna pull up the screen share again. Whatever argument you have isn't valid because there's no Deadpool. I give you a picture of Tupac playing Sonic the Hedgehog. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. Out of hand. It's Tupac and Suge Knight playing Sonic. What do you got? I got Krieger. <laughs> I've got uh, I've got Tupac in the uh, in one of the latest uh, epic rap battles of history as Moses. Yes, I've seen that one. It's good. Uh, Let's go back to the game now. Okay, so round two, still Archer characters. <laughs> that is a frightening photo of Krieger. Uh, yeah, I could not find a good one. Um, so <laughs> I don't think there is. One. Um, so the. Uh, the first person you have is Krieger, who is the mad scientist. He has created a, uh, a virtual girlfriend so lifelike that the state of New York has allowed him to marry her. Um, he also does things like create things like Pink Boy and Goat Boy. And oh, make uh, Ah, oh, Goatsy. <laughs> Um, no, no, it was not Goatsy. You did not say Ah. Don't say Goatsy. That's a bad thing. Goat Lee with an L. Oh. Thank you, Goat Lee. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm leaving after the August. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> um, so, and that is that is your first choice. Your second choice is Pam. Wait, you forgot to mention how Krieger is Brazilian because his <laughs> his German father fled there in the forties for some unknown reason. That's right. I completely forgot about that. Thank you. He's a Nazi. <laughs> well, you know, you know what Mallory said. You keep your friends close, and your possible genetic clones of Hitler even closer. <laughs> <laughs> so Pam is next. So Pam's next. Pam is the HR head. Um, she's also known for being disgusting. Uh, she can fit four pool balls in her mouth, except when somebody hits her on the back, and then she swallows them. <laughs> um, and she grew up on a cheese farm. Yes, and she grew up on a dairy. A dairy. You have to be. You have to say it right. It's she grew called, up on a dairy. It's called a dairy. It doesn't help. Like I, I, I watched like all of season one and most of season two yesterday. So <laughs> yeah, I did a marathon uh, so where I watched all three episodes. <laughs> There are all three seasons, oh not episodes. <laughs> I'm just now looking at the pictures Ryan was putting into our hangout. 
Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're you, welcome. <laughs> You're, uh, okay, so back on topic. Your third choice is Mallory Archer, who is Sterling Archer's mother. Uh, also, uh, she doesn't know who Sterling's father is because she's gotten quite a bit of tail when she was younger and still kind of does. She was dating Burt Reynolds. I don't know. Uh, spoiler for season four, so I don't want to say anything yet. Um, and, uh, yeah, she was, basically what you need to know is that she's Sterling's mother, but she wasn't really there, and she kind of is just abusive, and she always carries buckles in her purse because she beats Sterling with it. She, she's she's somehow Jessica Walter from Arrested Development, and it's basically Lucille Bluth as the head of Spy Agency. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's pretty impressive. She, um... She very she she walks the very thin line of never having been there for Sterling growing up, and yet he, she's still so overbearing. Like that's that's a that's talent right there. It really is. Oh God, why did I click these pictures? <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, the, the worst both, thing. Both of those pictures are from the same friend that uh, that uh, uh, said he would he would um, bang, marry Cheryl or bang Cheryl because uh, and I quote. I'd probably bang Cheryl, then probably marry her, then constantly be on the edge of killing her, which will get her so hot. <laughs> um, all right. So we'll start. We'll start again with Ryan with your new three choices of Krieger, Pam, and Mallory. Um, I would kill Pam because that's just a bad picture. Um, and then I would. Uh, I would. I would bang Mallory. For the story, and so that I could get uh, Archer to vomit on command, <laughs> uh, and then I'd, I'd, I'd marry Krieger and his uh, electronic digital Japanese girlfriend. So you can have electronic digital threesome. <laughs> oh, Krieger-san! Oh, Krieger-san! <laughs> My cherry blossoms are wilting. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Why are you crying? That was my fan. <laughs> I don't understand uh, any of it. What we're doing here is we're hoping that enough inside jokes and random off-the-cuff quotes that just send us into giggling fits will push you guys to watch the show. <laughs> it's seriously fantastic, and it's a really quick watch. It's a really quick show to watch. So. I'm, I'm reading Jeanette's Twitter feed during the course of this episode, and it is crazy pants. <laughs> what, you mean this? Wait, what oh, is she have? What is it? I can't. Bang Mallory, kill Krieger for the safety of the world, marry Pam because we'd be unstoppable. Carol slash Pam forever. <laughs> oh, God! Oh, so no, I'm specifically talking about the one where she points out to Ryan that there's a lot of special motions she makes just for him. What? <laughs> I missed that! That's from like an hour ago. I'm really glad I missed that! Oh, how about this one? He's not cross-playing in public, at least. <laughs> I missed this one too. Damn. <laughs> this is the best show ever. <laughs> she is now choking on her tea, guys. <laughs> well, just to continue this comments, and Trauma Time in the chat room has said he would bang Mallory, marry Pam, I like cheese, and kill Krieger for I feel like he would kill the world. <laughs> okay. Don't die, Jeanette. I'm going to go next. Um, 
you don't kill Krieger because he's got a ton of clones. He's just going to keep coming after you if you try to kill him, and you don't want to. You don't want to hit that wasp's nest. Um, <laughs> Your authority is not recognized in full. For kick ass. <laughs> so I'm going to marry Krieger because I mean, with all those clones he's got ready, some wild stuff could happen. Um, I'm going to bang Mallory because she's got a lot of t- a lot of stuff to teach me after all those years. And... <laughs> oh god! Oh god! Oh god! Oh god! My brain. <laughs> and I uh, will kill Pam because she's just terrible. <laughs> okay, I'll go. Um, I'm going to uh, marry Krieger. Because he's super smart, even though he's on LSD a lot. And, uh, yeah, basically the clones are terrifying. And uh, if I kill him, he's just going to come back stronger. Um, I will... uh, I'm torn. Because I really don't want to bang Mallory just because... uh, I don't know what's going on inside that whole... I mean, she banged Cyril. I mean, and that's... And, and he banged a, a, a hooker with a candy bar wrapper as a condom. So... Yeah, but didn't you say you would bang Archer? I, yeah. I think it did the exact same thing. That's true. That's true. So, yeah, but uh, but see, if I, if I bang Mallory, I can make Sterling uh, throw up on command, which is amazing. Never so, underestimate the power of vomit on command. <laughs> no. It'd be great. All right, I'm gonna bang Mallory and kill Pam because Pam's kind of useless. Uh, although in season three, she does prove her worth a little bit more. But if you haven't watched season three yet, I'm not gonna say anything. So, to the two boys who have not yet seen this show, but we're just gonna keep throwing out quotes from it. <laughs> Chris and Adahe, you guys can fight over who goes first. Uh, I guess I'll marry the Krieger dude because he's got clones and an army eventually. Uh, bang Mallory because I like the answer of learn from her. She has things to teach you and kill Pam because I don't know who the hell she is. You know, I'm starting to reconsider because I'm, I'm remembering that Pam was really good at sex. Like, Archer was impressed with her and Archer gets around. You know what? Yeah. You know what's making me reconsider is the fact that Pam is like an underground street fighter that has a hor- horrifying like wind <laughs> tattoo on her back. <laughs> It's true. It is true, but I think I'd still kill Pam. <laughs> Adahe, anything? I want to go with uh, what was just said by Trauma Time. It fits, it fits perfectly. Bang Mal- uh, Mallory. Marry Pam because I like cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and kill Krieger. Oh, Krieger. Krieger, my bad. I love Krieger. I was really I, hoping I was really hoping we'd have a sweep of killing Pam. <laughs> Poor Pam. I mean I feel bad for her, but oh man. I, I, I love Krieger. I think Krieger has to be my favorite like character on that show. He's just so random. It's really hard to pick a favorite. I know. But it oh, his Japanese girlfriend in his van. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I feel I feel like we've subjected Chris and Adahe to, to enough Archer. Like yeah. I feel like we're, we're dangerously approaching that threshold where we have stopped being fans that are, are promoting the show Wait. and trying to get them to watch it, and now we're getting into that creepy <laughs> brown coat territory. Wait, what? What? What is that zone? 
did you just, did you, is it the Ginsburg Kenny Loggins, Top Gun? That is right there where you cross the line. You're now eccentric fans who probably should be put down. We're now we're now in the creepy brown coat. Blown I'm sorry, I just gonged you off like the old gong show. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, this is a momentous occasion. We forced Chris downward. My hatred of the soundboard has finally been overcome. <laughs> wait, wait. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. But I'm watching Archer right now. Wait, did you hear the? <laughs> Wait! I'm watching Archer right now, and Krieger's running around in his underwear. Fuck you! <laughs> we need uh, we need one of those old timey hooks to pull people off stage. I have the eject button. Out of hand, I could just finish the show. <laughs> if you guys want to go talk about Archer, <laughs> we'll just finish the show. Start we'll start our yeah. we'll start our own live podcast with about Hooker Archer. And <laughs> forget, forget the podcast and the blackjack. <laughs> Archer things great news, and you guys are invited. There we go. See, got this. We'll we'll even call ourselves Archer things good and nerdy. Same <laughs> acronym. So that's what I was going for. Well, it's a yeah. good thing I own the domain for atgnpodcast.com. <laughs> We're gonna get .net and .org <laughs> and .gov. I want .us. <laughs> well, yeah, well, we'll talk. We'll talk that to the gentleman at Fanboy Buzz at fanboybuzz.com and see if you can get dot, is, it, is it CA for Canada? Yeah, yeah. .ca is Canada. <laughs> AU is Australia. Okay, that's a, that's enough for random. Right along. As we wrap this up, Naki, do you have any do you have any ideas what we're playing with for the bleh, who we're picking for this game next week? Uh, no, so if you have any, feel free to send them my way. Uh, last week what I did was I went onto Marvel's website and DC's website and picked three chi- three people, and I was just like, okay, that's our show. So, uh, if you have ideas, please send them my way. That's the time for the plug right there. Ooh, I got one. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, Eric Bana Hulk, Ed Norton Hulk, and, uh... Mark Ruffalo. Ooh, that's a good one. I'm gonna put that in the notes now. But is Hulk gonna Hulk no, out if you bang him? As the Hulk. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, are we talking about the actors or are we talking about the Hulks? <laughs> uh, player's choice. Let's say <laughs> And you can mix and match. I have such a bad feeling about this one. So, you heard it here, folks. Next week, we'll be playing Mary Bang Kill with the Hulks. And that sounds like a porn title. Well... There is a porn that exists with She-Hulk. Yeah, China is She-Hulk. I yeah, saw the I, I saw the Safe for Work trailer for the Avengers porn. It was hilarious. Uh, so horrible. <laughs> it's like China in a porn alone. It scares me greatly. Mm-hmm. Well, Whoa. we got about twenty minutes of show left, so <laughs> we accomplished nothing. We accomplished nothing or everything. One of the things that was asked that we talk about in the chat room was about Arrow, and we've had some news we've been saving up on Arrow. Do any of you guys watch Arrow? Yes. It's just Bravo and I? No, I am, uh, I am okay. super behind. I, I, I'm I do one watch episode behind. Way behind. 
Well, I'm going to just throw out some news. Three news pieces I've seen on this. First of all, they've cast someone to play the role of Roy Harper in Arrow. And for those of you that aren't familiar with Green Arrow lore, that is uh, Oliver Queen's sidekick who eventually has a drug problem. He's hooked on to what, heroin? Heroin, yeah. Yeah. It's actually one of... It, it, it's often been, been lauded as one of the best, like, drug recovery stories, I guess. I haven't actually read the arc, so I, I can't speak to it, but I know a lot of people re- really enjoyed that arc with Roy Harper overcoming his heroin addiction. Right, and there's another character, another actor, rather, who I'm very excited to see coming to the show is uh, James Callis. And for those of you who have seen Battlestar Galactica, that's Dr. Baltar. We'll be Yay. heading to the show. He's playing a character called the Dodger who is, quote, an elusive international jewel thief who imposes his plans on the innocent. Oh, man, that's going to be, like... You had me at Dr. Baltar as Elusive Jewel Thief. Yeah. Well, and th- they tossed out some of the other actors they brought in as they also have, as we know, Doctor Who star John Barrowman is going to, is on there as a series regular. They have uh, Tomoa Pennicat has been, is set to appear or has appeared already. I don't remember. Ben Browder from Farscape oh. and Stargate has been signed on to appear. Does, does he have a role yet? Oh, they haven't said what the role is on oh. there. Oh. So... so- those are two of our big guest stars that are coming in that I'm really looking forward to, mostly because the Roy Harper angle is going to be awesome. And hopefully yeah. that becomes like semi-recurring going into season two or something. But James Callis on there, awesome. And the other one I saw, because a lot of people were hoping when all this was coming out, they're bringing in all these characters from DC, is Batman going to be there? And they have said, no, there will be no Batman in Arrow. Give it, give it another season. I believe it was the CW president, Mark Pedowitz, revealed that the Cape Crusader won't be making his way to the small screen. He said, um, in regards to CW's Batman television adaptation, at this time, no. And regarding your next question, regarding is Batman going to make a trip to Arrow, they're not in the same state. So, no Batman. And I would not be surprised if we at least saw Bruce Wayne or mention of Wayne Enterprises at some point. Though. I was really hoping through the entire run of Smallville they would make some reference to Bruce Wayne or Wayne Enterprises. <laughs> they referenced Gotham at one point. They kind of referenced him in the last episode. Yeah, that's they right, they did. A really vague reference to him in Wonder Woman. They've done a really great reference to uh, to the Batman's to the Batman mythos in Arrow, though, because at one point I think it was like in the second or third episode, Ollie's got the dude tied up to a train tracks and goes, "You better hurry." The twelve oh five to Bloodhaven's on its way, and I was like, "Yes." Yeah. Um, last episode, they made a reference to Stag Chemicals from Metamorpho. Did they? I haven't seen the last episode yet. I'm behind, but. I, you know, the other thing is, though, I, I don't know if they can, how effectively they can reference Batman because they basically turn Green Arrow into Batman in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Except I don't know. It'd be kill. cool to see Bat. Yeah. Let's see. One of the other things we were asked to talk about in the chat room is, are you guys familiar with the webcomic, which has now become a comic with Dark Horse and will soon be an animated series known as Axe Cop? Yes. Yes. And Ron Swanson as the voice of Axe Cup. That's exactly what I was getting into. <laughs> they I actually that. just started watching Parks and Rec, so I'm still in. I just got to season two, so yeah. now I know who Ron Swanson is. They have announced that Axe Cop is coming to Fox, I believe it is, and will debut on Saturday, July 27th. For those of you who aren't familiar with Axe Cop, this is basically an, an artist who's like in his 20s, and his younger brother who was like five. Sat down. And he illustrated what his what his younger brother was telling him would the comic would be, 
Um, and it has spawned, it, you know, it spawned a webcomic, it's spawning this animated series. There's a, uh, there's a version of the card game Munchkin that is Axe Cop based. Um, it's blowing up huge. And Dark Horse has a monthly book on it, I yes. think, too. But um, yeah, it's at axecop.com. It is hilarious. The tagline is written by a five year old and illustrated by his 29 year old brother. Yeah. It is, it is seriously one of the best stupid webcomics I've ever read because, it just makes leaps that make sense to a five-year-old, but to us, we're like, "What the hell? This is crazy!" But it's still funny. It's it's yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's Axe Cop, the animated series. There's some details coming out July 27th, and uh, Anthony has said in here, "Axe Cop Munchkin is my next buy." Do it. Do it. I'm so far behind, but I freaking love Axe Cop. There was one other story that they asked us to talk about in the chat room when I gave a link to this, and it was the rumor that whether Heroes for Hire might be the next Marvel movie to come to the big screen. And for those that aren't familiar, Heroes for Hire is pretty much... The book for a long time was a team-up of Iron Fist and Luke Cage, a.k.a. Power Man. And like the, show, like the title says, they were Heroes for Hire. But the rumor is that Bendis might become involved with it, He's because he's supposed to be starting to write the new comic series coming out this year, and then uh, Jeff Loeb is heading up the uh, Marvel TV side of the house, and he said, uh, just like we announced Guardians of the Galaxy, we are looking at the Heroes for Hire franchise, which is Luke Cage and Iron Fist. So that's no confirmation, but the fact they're looking at it, maybe we'll be getting a Heroes for Hire movie, which we could be fun. Could be kind of fun. Have you guys ever read Heroes for Hire or followed yeah. any of it? Um, this this excites me greatly because I love I love the street level heroes and uh, Luke Cage slash Power Man and Iron Fist. They just have they have a great relationship as characters. There's a, there's a really solid bromance going on there, and the two of them individually have very interesting stories and arcs, and then the two of them together have very interesting stories and arcs, and then the two of them have also regularly teamed up and befriended Daredevil, mm-hmm. and as we all know. Marvel has the rights to a Daredevil movie again, so... Well, and here's the other tie-in also, is that Luke Cage is married to Jessica Jones, who they wanted to do an alias TV show based off of her in it, so that's how you set that up, too, is by bringing her in the movie, and then you set the TV show, and then you bring the heroes for hire into the TV show from time to time. Yes. Cross-promotion. I, I'm... It'll never happen, but cross-promotion. <laughs> Marvel should be working on one movie and one movie only, and that is the Deadpool movie. I knew that was coming, but Fox owns the rights to Deadpool. I know. That pisses me off so bad because they ruined him. Ugh. We're at a hay. <laughs> More like sad a hay. It took me an hour and 45 minutes to get to my first pun. I know, I was just going to say, like, wow, that took you a long time. Uh, (laughs) You got some punning to do. You got 15 minutes left. Yeah, I say we got about five or six minutes left. We can do news stories, and then we'll start to wrap things up. So did anyone have anything in particular they want to talk about off the show notes? Well, apparently Axe's parents only eat candy canes for every meal. I just wanted to throw that out there because I decided to look into this and that, that amused me greatly. Yes. <laughs> I uh, There is one piece of news here that I see okay. that is on, on the list here, and it's kind of like I, I'm, I'm wondering if this is surprising to anyone. It's, it's the article about how the uh, Sony, Sony says the PS Vita um, sales are low. <laughs> that, that surprise anybody. Uh, no. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, I've got, I, I know one of my coworkers has one and my former roommate has one and it's a very nice system. It does some really cool things, especially if you already have a PlayStation 3, but it's expensive. It's really fucking expensive. It's it super goes, expensive. It goes back to the argument we've had on here before that number one, it's expensive and number two, the mobile market is a tough market now because everyone's got their cell phone, everyone's got a, a tablet or an e-reader they're looking at, and it's a matter of gadget saturation. Saturation, yeah. God, I can't even talk. At least that's my take on it. And plus the fact that there were really not a lot of Vita games I gave a shit about when it came out. Yeah. I got destroyed when I was writing for 4 on 1 by the commenters on there. He's like, oh, you're just a hater on the Vita. I was like, name me three games I want to play out of their launch titles. They could never answer me. Yeah. I think I think uh, even even amongst the people I know who have it, the big draw for them is the the uh, the PS One marketplace that you can access yeah, and maybe cool yeah. PlayStation One games on there. Yeah, anybody who I know who has a Vita or has played with the Vita, they basically only play the PS One stuff. Like I don't know anybody who's like gone out and bought like the launch titles or the right. or newer games or anything like that. They just want to play the original games, and I don't blame them. Like that's how my Wii. That's what happened to my Wii in the long run is that I turned it into a classic console. Well, to give some context into the numbers they've had on that is that since eight when in April they started lumping Vita sales with PlayStation Portable sales, but they did let slip that as of May of 2012 they had sold 1.8. PlayStation Vitas. Now, granted, there's a lot of time between May and where we are now in 2013, but... 1.8? Uh, million? Or yeah. billion? <laughs> million. You know, I, I, would not, I, would not, uh, I would not be surprised if they only sold 1.8. <laughs> now, granted, that was back in May, so that's what, seven months ago? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I still don't see it, like, as something that took off. I don't see it as a success. There were concerns a lot of people had just because of the price to begin with. It's the same issue that they'd had with uh, price on the uh, 3DS, which is why they dropped the price so quickly. Now, okay, I was I was looking at handheld gaming for my nephew because he he really got into playing Pokemon on my brother's laptop. So, uh, do any of you know like like I don't want to get him like a 3DS because he's like he's five. But do you know if they like if you can still get like the Game Boys like on eBay? Do they sell them for like at reasonable prices, or are they just oh. like parts now? Um, I I have I have a Game Boy Color that if you want, I will give it to you. Um, I don't have any Pokemon cartridges, but I do have the the, the system. Um, and you know DS lights nowadays. I think you can probably get a used one for like sixty bucks. I don't yeah. know exactly what the price range is. But you could get him a DS Lite and get him some of the Game Boy Advance cartridges and the um, the DS uh, Pokemon games. Um, and oh. that, yeah. I know okay. that some of the local game stores here, not like the chains like GameStop, some of them will have uh, old Game Boy Advance, Game Boy S- Advance SPs and things like that from time to time. And they're fairly inexpensive, like sub-50 bucks. Okay, because, yeah, I'd like, I, I'm not a handheld gamer. I don't know, you know, that stuff. And so it's like, you know, seeing him play original Pokemon games on my brother's laptop kind of gave me the idea, like, hey, maybe I should get him, like, something that he would can play without my brother's laptop, because my brother gets really twitchy, and I don't blame him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give an unintentional plug. There's a, uh, there's a used game store um, in the city called The Exchange. Um, where's that at, Jeanette? It's on, it's on Belmont. Um, I don't, do we know what the cross street is? It's on Google. You could Google yeah. it. Well, well <laughs> just, just Google the exchange on Belmont in Chicago. Um, but they have 
they have going all the way back to NES, and they've got you know they've got consoles and stuff there. I'm willing to bet they probably got a couple Game Boy Advances or Game Boy Colors yeah. or whatever you want. And, and just for, just for some context for you, I just pulled it up on GameStop because it was the easiest place to go. They've got a they have listed Game Boy Micros and Game Boy Advance SPs and stuff all used or refurbed. They're all sub thirty bucks to buy one. Oh, nice. Okay, the Micro cool. might be a pretty good pickup for a smaller child since they're yeah. tiny. Or or the SP. No, I, I heard a... Sorry, so I have a... The exchange is at Belmont and Sheffield. It's right under the red <laughs> Thank Bravo. you, Bravo. But your, uh, your mic seems to be a little bit quieter than everyone else's, so you start talking and I don't pick it up right away. I apologize. Thanks for, for saying that. something an hour and 15 minutes <laughs> into the podcast. Oh, uh, I don't notice because I went into the... You can go into the Hangout toolbox, Ryan, mm-hmm. and you can turn... I turned him up. I, I already did. I've maxed him out. It's still it's still quiet for me. Oh wow, he's loud for me now because I did that. So it worked perfectly. <laughs> I was gonna say I've had him turned up the whole time. So I, I love you, Bravo. That's what Shut matters, up. right? <laughs> I'm gonna have to run the leveler on this episode. <laughs> Something like that, Bravo. And now I don't feel bad about talking over you at all. <laughs> hey, no soundboards. Whoever fucking did that. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I can break that rule when it's time to play the gong. <laughs> it's not me. Fuck you! <laughs> Fucking soundboards! Oh, oh, now oh, I know kick ass is Now I know why Steven hated the soundboard on their show, because <laughs> it's fucking insane! Yeah, you, uh, you broke the seal, though, Chris. The, the Canadian Invasion episode is still the worst one when it came to the soundboard, though. That's when it just came out. Alright, no more soundboard. Let's start wrapping things up. All we right. got... We got about. God damn it! <laughs> Chris, you, you need to wrap things up, Chris. Fuck you all! <laughs> we broke all right. Chris. <laughs> Next week, someone else can fucking help to deal with this bullshit. <laughs> I love that there's two sounds going on at the same time. Meaning. Half the people here are trying to fuck with Chris. Yes, I know. That, that's about normal. Normally, it's everyone trying to fuck with me. Hand check. We can't hand check Bravo. Oh, no. That means I can diagnose who's doing it. That's by design. All right, guys. Let, let's wrap things up. We got about ten minutes left in the show. I swear to fucking God. Chris, just mute everyone who isn't you. And me. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Anyway, the last 10 minutes of the show, we normally get into our bit of what I'm into, and that's our chance to basically sell you on the books we've been reading, the games we've been playing, and try and convince you to get involved in some of the stuff we're doing. So we'll just start across the bottom of the screen, and we'll go, uh, Ryan, what have you been into? What are you getting into? Well, I, uh, I'm still going through Final Fantasy XIII. Um, it's been it's been interesting because I'll, I'll post updates on Facebook and Twitter, and it always starts these long, arduous conversations about which Final Fantasies people enjoy. And I, I don't think I've seen ever seen a series as divisive as Final Fantasy. Zelda, um, maybe. <clears throat> Zelda, maybe. I I'm, I'm still enjoying it. I'm still having fun with it. Um, you know, I've heard I've heard some things from people about later on in the game, but I'm I'm still playing it. Um, Jeanette also was kind enough to get me a copy of uh, Dynasty Warriors Gundam for her Xbox, which uh, I, I, I played most of yesterday. And Did you say Gundam? No. <laughs> that would be the greatest Dynasty Warriors ever. It's just Psy 
like horse dancing. <laughs> um, no, that would be great. Uh, no, Dynasty Warriors Gundam. It's the first one. It's just fun beat 'em up with uh, some loose affiliation with the original Mobile Suit Gundam series. Um, beyond that, um, I just posted a blog post on plus two cents blogspot.com. Uh, it's a very embarrassing battle report uh, for Warhammer 40,000. It's kind of chock full of lingo, so if you guys aren't familiar with Warhammer, you might not get a lot out of it. I'm probably going to go back and try and um, edit it a little bit to try and make it a little more layman friendly. But basically what happened is my um, badass White Scars Space Marines got horribly, horribly beaten by some uh, big stalwart Grey Knights. Um, there's some pictures on there as well. Um... And other than that, uh, there's a C2E2 volunteer slash other people meetup uh, coming up this week, and I'm looking forward to bringing uh, the board game Founding Fathers, which is about the Constitutional Convention, and players take the role of delegates trying to uh, push their own articles and gain victory points, which sounds Wait, super boring, but I will. Can to push to not secede? What's that? Can you push to not secede? Uh, well, it's not, uh, it's not Civil War era, so... Or not to, not, uh, not to not be revolutionary. Oh, no, 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 this is, this is the 1787 I, Constitutional Convention. With, we should go back to England. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's a C- uh, is that an official C2E2 thing, or is that just the, the... Okay, it's, never mind, I know. Yeah, that, is, that is the, a, the board game who has invited us. Um, that's yes. why I said C2E2 and other people, because I, I have to keep reminding myself that that's not exclusively for C2E2. I'm, I'm excited about the, the board game that I'm bringing. And I'm excited that Naki might bring Sentinels of the Multiverse. Yay. If you all are nice to me, I'll bring you Sentinels of the Multiverse, as long as you bring me X-Wing and teach me how to play, damn it. Done. How yes. about instead I'm mean to you and you still bring Sentinels of the Multiverse? I'm ignoring you. You're just a jerk to me. But that's, that's all I doesn't love me. Naki. Hmm. Howdy oh, face. That's all. Naki. <laughs> well, how about yourself, Bravo? What have you been getting into? What are you planning on getting into? Uh, trouble. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'm not much of a gamer, and I feel like I've talked about comics enough today. So I watch a lot of TV. Um, I'm excited for Smash to come back because it's a terrible show. <laughs> it's it might be the most hate watchable show on TV. Uh, I don't know. You watch Glee, though, so, you know. Uh, which is not hate-watching. <laughs> there's genuine affection for Glee. Anyway, uh, for those uh, who don't watch Smash, it's a it's a show about uh, the behind-the-scenes putting together of a Marilyn Monroe Broadway musical, and it's the worst thing ever. <laughs> Go out and watch the first season. Things don't make sense. Uh, just random terrible stuff happens. Angelica Houston is in it, and she cannot act when she's talking on a telephone. It's the most awkward thing I've ever seen. Uh, I'm just sitting here trying to picture... I don't think I've ever watched her act on a telephone before. Uh, it's painful to watch. It's, it's up there with revolution for shows that are just... Hate watching. Yeah. I hate watched the first two episodes of Revolution, and I couldn't even ha- hate watch it anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty sad state. Anyway, uh, I'll let everyone else talk because we're two minutes till the end of the show. How about yourself, Adae? What are you into? Getting into? Uh, I've been playing a stupid amount, and I really do mean a stupid amount of Path of Exile. 
You can find it at pathofexile.com. Um, it goes into open beta in about three days, I think. And it's going to be free-to-play uh, action RPG. Uh, very much has a Diablo 2 feel to it. And is ridiculously better than Diablo 3. It, and it's just absolutely amazing. Uh, everyone should play it, specifically, especially since it's going to be free. Um, and keep in mind, um, it is free to play, not pay to win. They, the company is being very, very smart with their microtransactions, and they don't make you any better at the game. So, I like that awesome. already. I'm already a fan then. So if you were into Diablo-style games, uh, or or kind of, if you're kind of into Borderlands, but want to try something more third-person and not FPS, then Path of Exile. Also Gears of War. I'm excited that they have a character class called Duelist. The Duelist is awesome, <clears throat> um, except I die a lot when I play him. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of soft. Aww. No shields. I uh, guess you're up next, Naki. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, I was pretty obvious. I was just going across the bottom of the I know. I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention for some reason. Like, I knew it was going to happen. I just forgot what I was going to say. Um, I, I, went, I stopped playing Borderlands for a bit there because I was uh, doing a lot of PC gaming and playing Awesome Knots and Team Fortress and stuff like that. Uh, this past weekend, I went back into Borderlands because they were doing a gear-up event. Which I strictly then I found out that uh, I had to actually play with people, um, which I haven't been doing, so uh, that was deemed useless. But then the uh, new DLC has come out, which I uh, have not yet played. But it's for uh, Sir Hammerlock's big game hunt. It's uh, I, from what I've read, it's it's short but worth it. Um, other than that, let's see what have I done. I think I've done a whole lot of. Uh, Nothing. I've done a lot of drawing for ATGN. You will be seeing a new logo soon. Um, and for real this time, and not me saying that, just to say that uh, Audacity still doesn't work, so Chris is still going to swear at me a lot. Yeah, that's going to be a problem here in a little bit. <laughs> when I start not having time. Okay, I'll allow that because it works. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm up next. I've played about four or five hours of X-Wing yesterday. And I trounced Ferg in one of them, and the other one, I just beat him a little bit. Excellent. But we played a 100-point game with three X-Wings against five TIE Fighters, two of which were advanced, and I won. Wedge Antilles is my boy. Wedge Antilles with marksmanship is a beast. I'm just going to say that when it comes to X-Wing. And then Luke Skywalker with marksmanship, also a beast. And for any of you that don't play, you're like, what the fuck is he talking about? So go play the game, damn it. And uh, I'll, I'll teach you. Yeah. You'll learn I, I have a stack of comics I need to get caught up on that I'll probably read sometime this afternoon. And I was kind of sick for a good chunk of last week, so I just watched a bunch of junk on TV. Yeah, TV junk. I didn't There's a lot get... of junk on TV, too. It was 3 a.m. last night, and I was just getting back home, and I wasn't sleepy yet, so I was watching Moonshiners for some reason, and it was strangely entertaining. Wow. I don't know why. It's fake as all them. shit, but strangely entertaining. I watched like six hours of NCIS yesterday. That show's like uh, crack to me. I don't know why. <laughs> There's way too much shit I watch on TV, and my DVR is full. I gotta go watch some <laughs> cartoons later, because Green Lantern, the animated series, and Young Justice is on there, and I'm a big fan of Young Justice and the tie-in comic. 
the canceled type comic? Yeah, they've got one issue left, which upsets me. It makes me realize they're probably going to cancel the TV show after this season, too. Yeah, they never really announced it, but I've heard comments from people who were on it and, like, industry professionals who have said it's done after this season. Yeah, well, it can't be any worse than how... They just drop it in nonchalantly. Well, it's... it's, Go ahead. Like, it's assumed that it's done. It's not it's not as bad as what Disney did with the Tron cartoon, where now it airs its new episodes at midnight on Sundays. And they're like, "You have, we just need more fans." And it's like, "Well, you you're playing it at a time when people aren't going to watch it." Unless you have a DVR, you're probably not watching Tron Uprising, which is a shame because it was. DVR isn't going to help the ratings either. No, so it's pretty obvious they're just trying to burn off the new episodes and be done with it, because it probably wasn't cheap to make, I don't figure. No, but it was a really, like, they had done a really good job with that show. I enjoyed it. It's a shame. Well, it's a tough sell, because it's a cartoon that's not really targeted towards both kids and adults, but mostly adults. Yeah. That's a harder sell in today's world, but I think that wraps up our what I'm into bit, so real quick, anyone have any closing thoughts before I do my long closing diatribe? Dick butt. Play Excellent. Path of Exile. Excellent. Play X <laughs> Okay, well, that wraps up this week for all things good and nerdy. Yes, play me off with the gong, thank you. Um, as we've always said before, we're always looking for new guest hosts after Ryanuary. I think the calendar is mostly wide open, so hit us we, up on... We have two guest hosts in February so far. So hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. You can find us at Facebook at facebook.com slash allthingsgoodnerdy or on Twitter at ATGN Podcast. Or alternatively, you can call the the ATGN hotline at 304-806-ATGN. Leave us any comments, questions, feedbacks, or requests to be a guest host. We'd love to have you on the show. And that wraps us up for this week. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And don't forget, we'll be back next week live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central at live.atgnpodcast.com. And I can take a breath now because I'm done with that. (laughs) Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. If you want to know the -the up-to-the-minute happenings of the show, feel free to follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. The show can be found on Twitter at ATGN Podcast or on Facebook.com slash all things good and nerdy. If you have any comments or feedback, you can leave them either on Facebook or on Twitter, or you can hit us up at our voicemail number. Just call 304-806-ATGN and we'll get your message and we'll try and put it on the next show. Don't forget, the show streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We post the link on Twitter and on Facebook so you can watch us and chat with us while we discuss the happenings of the week. If you can't catch the show live on YouTube, feel free to check us out on the audio version. You can find us on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio. Just search for All Things Good and Nerdy and download the show. But if you don't want to use any of those services, just go to atgnpodcast.com and you can download the podcast directly from our website. That wraps up another episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.